Welcome to Odd Time. We are super pumped today to be sitting here with Nico, better known as Anomaly. That is yeah. such a fucking cool name. Oh, I love that you, name man. so much. Where did you like, how did you come up with that? Um, I guess like the main, the meaning is, is like not really that important. The main reasoning was to have um, uh, a name that was spelled out in French to kind of like represent the francophone French speaking, yeah. French Canadian identity. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the other funny reason is that back in the iTunes days, Having a mm. name that started with A made it so that it was higher. Oh, <laughs> seriously? <the> yeah. <laughs> Those were honestly the main two reasons. I didn't even know that. Wow. I kind of like how it sounded. And after I was like, well, after two years, I was like, maybe I'll just change my name now. But it was too late. So I just stuck with it. It's great. Yeah, no, yeah. It, I, it, it's <laughs> really gotta, good. It works. Thank you. It works super well. It's, it's, yeah. it's wicked cool. It's super memorable. And it's like easy to be like, oh, yeah, 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 that guy, you know? Like, uh, thank you, guys. Yeah, totally. However, yeah. a lot of people kind of like butchered or say like, anomaly or like, especially in the, in the spelling oh, but oh, i guess it's just yeah. part of the adventure then i go with it so <laughs> you're so a different what, what, artist every day exactly <laughs> <laughs> what would actually what like what would be the proper pronunciation oh no in terms of pronunciation i i don't mind it's it's, it's mostly spelling i'll have like uh like two o's or u y o and just a bunch of different variations but spelling that's I mean, interesting the hmm. word exists in several languages yeah so of that's course like whatever you want to say yeah no, that's that's funny <laughs> so. that the spelling would get that butchered because i mean the only because that is the french spelling right it's ie and then in english it's y, y so it's right. like pretty yeah. straightforward I, that was, but, yeah. I yeah. don't know i don't uh, know that i would find yeah. a reason to add two o's <laughs> <laughs> anomaly yeah yeah anomaly anomaly today with anomaly yeah. oh my god so nico stopped by he was um he's coming through denver on tour yeah. right now Give us a little bit about uh, about what you guys have been doing. Where have you been? So you started in Dallas, you said? Yeah, and then we went up the East Coast, uh, did the hometown show in Montreal, uh, went to Toronto, then moved uh, to Columbus. We did Detroit. Uh, then we did St. Louis, Kansas City, and Damn. Denver today. Wow. So pretty Beautiful. nice. And you've got seven shows left, you said. Yes, exactly. Okay. So it's too late for the Denver quickly. show. Actually, I, we don't know when this is going to be out, unfortunately. But I was going to say, like, when's the next show? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it yeah, might have right. gone by already. Um, but Probably. you're headed to Portland. No, you're headed to Salt Lake. Salt Lake, and then the West Coast runs for Portland, Seattle, San Francisco, mm. L.A., and uh, Phoenix. Arizona. Wow. So all the, way from, all the way from Dallas. Yeah. To, so... This is interesting because I'm always fascinated by like like the logistics of of like tour stuff. Because again, because we were talking a little bit in the ride over, I haven't done a tour. I've never been on a live tour. Like totally. I've, you know, I, I've seen a little bit. Like uh, Adam Neely came. In. Actually, Adam did Cervantes. Um, oh, cool with, with the Sun Gazer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that and, where you uh, you were invited as a guest? Yeah, right? it was so super cool. fun. It yeah. was such a fun. A fun moment because oh, it yeah. was that was April first. So we did the whole we oh. yeah we posted like on Instagram and we were like. I'm joining Sungazer, and everybody was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and then, uh, but then I actually showed up because because that, that was the funny thing. It was, it was like it was, a it was, double layered joke. Yeah, yeah, because good because right, it was people already yep. didn't believe they were like, "Oh shit, guys, it's April 1st. And then, it, but then I actually was there. That's amazing. And so it was, yeah, but uh, my one day stint with Sungazer. By the way, yeah, God damn, are they good? Like that is just so, so the the music, and I didn't know to the extent that um that sean and adam have like programmed everything like oh. like so they they've got it so down i mean both of their laptops are on ethernet talking to each other wow in the show and then sean has the whole thing like the the entire drum kit is a giant set of triggers so okay. he can literally play the synthesizer 
on the drums. That's crazy. At the same time, because oh they yeah, they, just everything is hooked up on to these different. Kit? Yes, they, do they have like a sensor on it's, the rim? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like you know, I'm not sure what the actual device is. Some type of trigger, right? And then it and then it's connected to patches Whoa. inside of um, inside of Ableton. That's cool. I think, I think they use Ableton. Have you used anything like that before? Because I know you use Ableton, right? Yeah, we did have triggers on the drum kit before, but we kind of switched it. Now it's like separated. So there's like, um, you know, there's an, uh, like a, a drum pad, like an Alessis, or it could be SBDS, just a trigger samples. And there's like a dedicated kick pedal for kick samples. Oh. We used to layer them, like snare, acoustic snare plus yeah. sample. Mm. But now I've kind of like the cleaner sound of like having... It's either sample or acoustic snare, and oh, it kind of like okay. jumps in between depending on if it's the verse or chorus. Yeah, that's but, super you know, cool. All approaches are valid, but that's kind of like right. the sound that I, I felt made more sense for that edition or rendition of the the live show. Kind yeah, of. no, that's super yeah. cool. Yeah, and that that's like a side of because my sort of uh, musical background is just like. I, you know, I went to jazz school, I did the whole thing, played gigs, like I'm just a piano player, but I never really got into more of the computer side of things and right. the whole thing that kind of you're in, which is fascinating to me because it's like this whole other, you, you have to be a top tier musician and you also have to have this fluid understanding of like how to run all these programs and how to, and how to set all this stuff up so that you can actually make the music and especially to perform it live. You know, like that's got to be a whole other, oh, yeah, it's, a it's, whole other thing well, to learn. It's such a huge part of the the show preparation is just that and troubleshooting. Mm. <laughs> so it's it's, right. it's the, pretty interesting. The more technology you put in the mix, the more potential problems. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. What sort of well, like, what sort of like troubleshooting things you run into? Because like I, I can imagine, like what's the thing that goes wrong? Is it like timing, or is it the you know getting something to trigger something else? Or right. Uh, well, so. Previously, it was just making sure the Ableton project just doesn't crash. Or <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was the main thing when I started messing around with this setup. Now, nowadays, like just computers got better, and so like it's that is like pretty much very sure. Secure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think the main stuff is like uh, you know all of my patch changes are automated. Hmm. So especially like in songs where like the main melody or part is like basically like five patches responding to each other. So it's like learning a sort of choreography where at least I don't have to manually change the patch. I can, I can look at the audience or like focus on what my peers are doing. So it, it kind of like frees that space up. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I do have to make sure that there's like a like a margin or buffer for error because we're not machines, we're bands. So like time will slightly fluctuate every time. And so if like three shows in a row, I missed the same cue. And it's like it's on the previous patch and now the next one, I have to program oh. that accordingly oh. to make sure that I have wow. some margin. Yeah. To make sure, like I, I hit it. It's almost like, like I've played. Sorry to cut you off. Uh, no, I, no, no worries. I've, I, I've played guitar in a, in a few bands before, and that's almost like programming my guitar pedals to just turn on when I want them to, right? Exactly. Like instead of having to go up and step on the pedal, it's just like boop, and it just turns on and then turns off. Exactly. That what would it is. be wild, and also kind of scary at first. Yeah, well, it obviously doesn't make sense like in every context. Like if, if like it's an open moment where you want to improv and be in control of every single parameter, I, I wouldn't do that. But that's where like oh, I have a balance. So most of the show is like very prepared and very true to like the, the structure of the songs. We have like a few moments like where every band member gets like his spotlight and then moments where we have some freedom to do what we want and then I can just trigger the next effect or a song in the set list when it's needed but then like how i have control over some parameters will be through well the mod wheel uh i have an expression pedal on my left foot so that i can assign to like whatever effect i want depending on the patch and so both of my hands are free 
and I can just like play polyphonic, but have crazy like filter sweeps or dry oh, wets yeah, of yeah, reverbs, yeah. overdrives on the on the foot. So it's like that's cool. That opens up just so many options. What's like the main mechanism? I guess that you use when you're like, are you actually just like hands on the keyboard on your laptop or is it like, do you have like some type of triggering device or something? Cause I, you right. know, I guess the expression pedal would be an example of that. But like, I guess like what's the main control center when you're, okay, you're playing, gotcha. right. but then you've got to be doing other stuff. What's that in, what's that interface? Right. So the idea is that like during the song, I'm pretty much only playing. Like I, I have the expression pedal on my foot to trigger effects. I have pitch bend and mod wheel depending on, on the sound, but then I'm not really messing around with knobs because that's what, that was the main idea or argument for having everything automated or most of the things automated. The only things that, so it's like an 88 key keyboard. And then I have like pads and knobs on the side to change the set list basically. So that's where I, so I basically never touched a computer. Oh, it's just there mm-hmm. as a visual reference. Huh. Yeah. If ever something goes wrong, I right. can kind of like monitor what's happening. But knock on wood, everything's been yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> super <Okay>. safe. Yeah. <laughs> that's so wild. far. So yeah, it's awesome. it's really the main controller is where I trigger everything. Dude, that's gotta be that's gotta be so much time that you've put into the prep for that. Yeah. It like, is, but fortunately, like once the template, the, 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 it's that, the same yeah. like template that I've used for like the past five years. So like the the idea is there, and it's just like making mm-hmm. adjustments to it for the songs. Yeah. And yeah, it's, now, oh, now it's, the yeah. idea is there. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. How do you decide, like, so, for example, assigning something to ex- an expression pedal? Right. Like, do you do you do you ever use? Do you wind up using devices like whether it's a pedal or anything else, like ex- explicitly for what they're used for, or do you have to go like, hey, I could use this to trigger this event, like a random? I don't know. Like, I'm just thinking like a sustain pedal that functions as a switch or something like, like right. do, you, do you end up like using things differently than what they're actually intended for? That's a great question. Uh, so for me personally, like when I'm playing the sustain pedal is pretty much always a sustain pedal, the expression pedal, the idea of it is that it's just MIDI. So it can be assigned to anything. So it will be really depending on the patch. So its function is already open up for pretty much anything. But for, it's, it's interesting that you asked that because for Gab on bass, he, has some pretty crazy setups where he has a sustained pedal, but obviously the sustained pedal doesn't have like an implicit use for electric bass. Sure. Mm-hmm. So let's say there's this uh, song called Bond where the the bass line is like a synth bass and slap bass responses. So hmm. he has like his sustained pedal is reversed. So he has like the back of his right foot on it and then his left foot is on the expression pedal. And so the expression mm-hmm. pedal is controlling the filter of the synth bass patch. And then when he... Uh, activates the assistant pedal it's the, the slap bass responses and when he puts it off it's a synth bass line wow so it goes uh, like yeah that's pretty cool it's it opens up like possibilities like that like quickly shifting between like completely different patches man and that's that whole side of things that like like i was saying like i never got like i never went into that world so to hear that component to the whole performance thing to me is just like crazy because mm. my brain goes i'm like like how, how wh- where do you even start right because like right. it's just like how how do you get to the result of oh well i'll just trigger this with that and that with that and then i can mm. completely create the sound that was never intended to be created with this instrument mm-hmm. and it's just like yeah. such a thought process to me that's that's like well, okay, hold on. Wait, let's start from square one. Well, like I, whoa. My guess would be that it's also partly needs based, right? Like, so like you're probably in your writing process for writing your songs. You're like, 
you've been writing this song for weeks or whatever and you're coming up with all these cool ideas and like that bass part that switches from like a synth thing to back to the slap part you're like oh that sounds so cool and it's easy to do it when you're in the recording studio and you have hours and hours of time and then you're like how do i perform that like I'm and then fucked. you have to come <laughs> like, with it right <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. yeah so it's like a because like it can be overwhelming when you have like all these options but exactly like you said is that in this case it's like how to figure out something that was already on the record so it's about finding the best solution yeah because when like, you're when you're just yeah, making yeah. the record like you I'm can not, do whatever you want exactly yeah. i'm you not thinking have, about yeah, about that. the live performance yeah. component to it yeah because right. that's because you have so many more options if you're if you're just doing it one time to get it recorded and get it on the track and then, exactly and then from that it's like oh shit <laughs> and, and honestly <laughs> what yeah, are we yeah. supposed to do with even this for even for my parts like even if it's just a piano part like i'm i'm, I'm obviously like a pianist and keyboard player but i really like arranging like that's my favorite part mm. of the whole process and oh cool everything that's been released as anomaly is like very much like prepared like i i improv sure. for like for uh coming up with ideas but mm-hmm. then like i loop the same part for like you know 16 takes and then i'll like get like the best bits that and then i put them together and then i punch in like every single bar really? and then it ends up becoming like this wow. this phrase and so, then so i have you... to learn it <laughs> all over again <laughs> for like the Dude. live the oh live my take, god so. okay so wait are you talking about like like soloing and stuff like that too yeah everything really? is like super written and wow. prepared and okay and, but you give yourself like some improvisational room when you're performing and stuff oh like yeah that absolutely well. yeah. I'll, I'll have like a little places to like kind of like vary or like they're spaceless like in between the songs like free transitions mm-hmm. to kind of like modulate to the next key and that's like different every, yeah, every totally. night mm-hmm. but like the the solos on the records are like all very much written wow dude that is super cool but you know what's funny and it's super funny that you say that about like that being your favorite part the arranging component of it because so through school what's um did you go to like did you go to school for music yeah, we so in Montreal we have, or I guess in Quebec we have something called like CJEP or CJEP, which is like in between high school and university. Oh, okay. And so um, it's like a buffer. It depends on like on the field, uh, but for music, there's this one school called CJEP Saint Laurent that's like just remarkable with like amazing teachers and musicians. And I did like a, I guess like a professional program is what you'd call like like a three year program with like uh, studio sessions writing for big bands for orchestras and that's where I met actually most of the band was was in school and that was I'm so grateful for for those years that was that was that was amazing that's super cool nice. so you did so you did like you did like big band and orchestral arranging and stuff like exactly. that. So that's kind of like where you got your uh feet wet with the arranging stuff absolutely so yeah. i i started i guess like um mostly during high school arranging sure but that's where like mm-hmm. i actually got access to like the resources and like in samples to to write right. for yeah on gotcha. that scale yeah yeah totally. and like with pretty much no cost so that yeah. Was, <laughs> yeah that's crazy that's too. amazing that's about school yeah I yeah know. That's yeah. super cool. Have yeah. you done like film scoring or anything like that? I haven't. I, I would love to. I did like some student uh, like short films. Mm. And for a while before I went full time with Anomaly, I did a lot of like um, like just pitching for, for commercials and stuff for like oh, 10 yeah. composers pitching for the same gig. And then you have like, you're not sure if you'll get it. Yeah. Oh. I did it for several years. Yeah. And I did uh, what they call like royalty free music banks where you just like. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I did a lot of that <laughs> we, for a while we, too. We use, oh. we use many of them. I've probably oh, yeah. used your sounds. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, that's that's super fascinating. So what 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 was what I was where I was going with that because I was curious like what your you know um, background I guess educational or, background right, right, was. Right, yeah. Right. So the arranging thing, and I don't know if this was was it a so it wasn't like a jazz program that you went. Yeah, through. it was. Oh, it was okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. So then you probably this has probably been your experience, right? In jazz school, like 
oh my god the number of times you play fucking all the things you are or like <laughs> some shit like that and it's and it's literally head in solo 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 trade fours head out every fucking thing always yes. everything is yeah. that and after four years of that you're like I don't want to play another fucking standard as long as I live. And then you do the brilliant thing of going and getting gigs, playing at restaurants, and then that's all you do. So like that's <laughs> yeah. So so pretty much you know. I mean that's that's kind of the the thing that uh, that I got to a point and I was like fuck this. Like it's fun to play standards with a group, especially yeah. like you get a killing drummer, a really great bass player. It's a lot of fun to just solo and stuff like that. But I recognize the difference between getting together with a group of people and playing stuff that's fun for us in the moment and knowing what's going to be entertaining and valuable for an audience. Cause those are different things. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I love, it's so much fun. I think to play like time, no changes where it's just like, you're just swinging or whatever you're doing, but you've not defined any structure or harmony or anything that, you know, there's no predefined anything and you're just kind of like reacting to each other. To yeah. me, that is so much fun to do, but I would never subject an audience to that because like, oh my God, it just, I can imagine just being an outsider just sitting there listening being like, this makes no fucking sense at all. What's going on? I know, 100%. Yeah. You know, and really great artists can do it. I mean, I'm thinking, you know, like the Wayne Shorter group or something oh, like yeah, that. Oh yeah, totally. With, um, mm-hmm. with those guys like Brian, Bla- dude, some of my favorite Brian Blade moments are with that group with the, cause that's Danilo Perez. And, uh, is that John Patitucci that does that group? Uh, I'm not sure. I forget. Um, but yeah, Brian Blade in that van is a fucking monster, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but so I got to a point and I was like so tired of just doing the standards thing and just playing like, like you do in jazz school and everything. And so I just started experimenting with writing some stuff out. And at the time I was super obsessed with Tigran. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's oh. I mean, I still, I still am, oh, but like, ridiculous. Oh my God, some of my most favorite piano playing, some of my most favorite jazz based things like ever. Incredible. Oh, unbelievable. And so I, I wanted, I was like, okay, well, why don't I try writing some stuff that's way more defined, mm. like way more written out, a lot less room for improvisation. It's not like, oh, I'm just going to give the bass player some chord changes. Like, no, I'm going to write out what I want the this part, to sound like. And, and the thing that blew my mind was I was like, it was so liberating. There was this weird way, because you think like it's kind of counter, counterintuitive because you're saying, well, you're taking away the freedom of improvisation. You're taking away. But there was something as the composer slash arranger, I was like, whoa, no, this is actually, I feel liberated because I can define what I want this to sound like. And then it actually does. Like, I'm not leaving it up to chance of like, oh, maybe my drummer's going to figure out what I want this to sound like. No, no, no. I'm saying ahead of time. I want this here. I want that there. I want that there. And then when you're hearing this shit in your head, and like you try to get it down on paper or you try to get it down like in Sibelius or whatever it is. And and then you get to hear it in real life. And that's like, whoa. Oh, I, I relate to that very, very much. Yeah. Absolutely. But that, even then, like I think there's still like some margin like you're, you know, discussing with your band members or like I we mm. like the guys will usually give me like a lot of input or like something that isn't very like bass friendly. And he'll suggest something slightly totally. different but it kind of like plays the same role same thing for the drum like i'll have like a very clear approach in mind but then he'll make a suggestion like a an under snare or like an approach in terms of like symbols or like transitions that okay that that does make sense but it's still like defined as you said and, yeah and kind of like makes sense for this very prepared part of the song and yeah. then it's like a very similar and consistent effect like every night yes and it just it just works dude yeah cool. it's just like something about and and i i felt the same way um writing for big band too because mm. that was super cool because like you know all of these sounds that like 
just scratch the inner ear itch that you're just like, oh, I just want the trumpets to do this thing right here, you know? And like that was super fun too. And just being able to like write that stuff out and then hear it done. And you're like, whoa, like, oh, yeah. you know, mm. it's just having that control over the situation that we don't normally get in a purely improvisational context. Um, it's a lot of fun. I agree. So that's got to be like a huge part of, of the writing process for you. It's just like, what am I hearing in my head? You it know? really is. And even like writing solos, like, I, I don't know, like I, it stays on the record forever. Mm, and so I, I right. like having that sort of like written approach to it. And then I'll have some fun during the live show where like, yeah. even then, like I'll have maybe like two licks that I will always play during sure. the show. Cause yeah. like, I feel like they're part of the, and the audience knows mm-hmm. them. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. But then around that, Dude, that's that, I, I guarantee it. So, so there's got to be so many moments in your show where you do you do the thing from the record, and everyone's like, "Fuck yeah!" Like, you, you know, it's yeah. like it's part of the song. I don't want to like deviate too yeah, much. Totally, from totally. It, right? Right? Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, yeah, know. yeah. But oh, there, there's so many different approaches and like mindsets in regards to this. Like jazz, like maybe purists were like, "It's got to be improv." Like it's it's a written solo, and then may, maybe like in the metal world where like it's all pretty much written out, yes. and even like in the live show, sometimes they'll play the exact solo from the record yeah. where it's much mm. more accepted. Yep. It's crazy. Like so many different philosophies, and yeah, it is. Yeah, and and I I um I'm curious to like know what your experience has been with this, but I and I talk about this a lot like on the channel, but I was <laughs> I, I call myself a recovering jazz elitist because <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> I went yeah like when good, I was yeah. when I was, especially like in high school when I because yeah, yeah. I started studying jazz when I was like I don't know 13 gotcha and um, very quickly and I and I came from a school where like nobody had any idea what what it was like nobody had any clue Mm. what jazz was nobody cared nobody liked it nobody was interested in liking it and i was so excited about this new music that i found and it kind of like i think maybe like 15 year old me was kind of jaded about the fact that no one gave a shit and so i i got to this thing I, i got into this state where i was like well everything else sucks because gotcha. because everything else is less complex, mm. it's not improvised, and therefore it is inherently less good. And wow. like I fell into that sort of, tra- and I think a lot of young jazz musicians often fall into. Yeah, this when trap. you get into it, it's it's because it's, it's easy to fall mindset. into because it's it's yeah. like it's so fucking cool to be able to play off the top of your head yeah. and know what you're doing and understand like what you're listening to. Like it is amazing, and it's and it is I think one of the most complex forms of music, but that doesn't inherently equal quality they're no, not the exactly. same thing right. they're, absolutely they're not. so different and with that mindset usually like i don't know, like in jazz school what your experience with was also like saying that pop is really bad yes and that it's something mm-hmm. you right. must not play and i'm like it's bullshit that's very toxic it's bullshit like, it's yeah it, yeah yeah because like man there was a moment when i learned that quality is not the same thing as com- complexity does not equal quality. Right. And like, Absolutely. and I think I th- there was a couple of defining moments for me. And one of them was hearing my professors talk about things that weren't jazz as like, yo, check this shit out. Uh, you know what I mean? And I was like, okay, in a good way. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Nice. Oh, and I was cool. like, I was like, what, what do you mean? Like, you're not supposed to, like, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. not good. Like, what do you mean? Why are you talking about this? You know? And then it was, and then it was just like, Okay, because now it was people around me were liking things that were not explicitly mm. straight ahead jazz, and so I was like, still in the school environment. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so I was like, maybe this is okay to like. And then once you get your head out of it, and you just say, "Do I like the sound of this or not?" 
then the whole world opens up and you go, Oh, I was just an asshole. That was, that, that was what the deal was, you know? And, well, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I had a similar thought though, too. When I, I, when I first started going to college, I went for music and music production and oh, my cool. professors in school, like I remember one specifically was like super into Kendrick Lamar. Like he was just like, he is the best fucking thing nice. on planet earth. And I was just like, what? like I had a similar reaction yeah like and because you expect that you go into that music program and that you're going to have a bunch of these people kind of like with that elitist mentality of just like it has to be more complex it mm-hmm. has to be amazing music and that you almost think that uh, probably not everybody has an inherent sort of bias against hip-hop or something like that but a lot of people do and they think that it's not as hard to perform as like jazz or like whatever but like there's so much complexity and so much amazing I mean, yes. rhythmic quality oh my god yes. harmonic quality yeah. everything when it comes to hip-hop it's and so like rich. people just don't think of it that way well usually. was it after to pimp a butterfly came out that uh, he that he said that because that kind of like changes the game too because like that been. record just had so many jazz cats on it too yeah it was like just that was a thing for me too like like because i had some friends and in fact my drummer um he was the one who told me about kendrick and he was mm. like he was like you you realize like this dude knows his shit he was like this dude is so aware of jazz and like really great music and like you just listen to some of the samples and in fact we just put a video out about this and we were talking about some of the like he he sampled the most obscure gary peacock record oh he did? i think yeah dude it's like it's this one wow. moment and, and the thing that amazes me about stuff like that is like you listen to the source material and you go how the fuck did they pick this little moment? Because it's it wasn't even like the start of a phrase. It wasn't like a clearly defined starting and ending to a phrase. It was totally in the middle of something else. That's crazy. And it, yeah, and it was just like they just grabbed this one thing and turned it into the beat. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what the? Well, fuck? well, that's where you see sampling yeah. is really like an art form. Yeah, like, it really are is. Just like, it's crazy. amazing. It's crazy. Do you? Yeah. How much do you work with that? Like, how, like how much do you do sampling and stuff like that? I don't really do yeah. sampling like production wise. I'll, I'll, I'll like, um, I'll do it like through well, you know, like just arrangement and using a phrase or like is- isolating themes from the original and then structuring around them. When I do well, you know, like just a full on arrangement. Yeah. But I haven't really done like chopping. Yeah. But I want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But a lot of my peers are inspiring me by yeah. how, how they approach it yeah. and it's, it's crazy I would love to hear that in the next album yeah there you yeah. go yeah. <laughs> so speaking of your albums like we were talking about how you just like bang out albums oh well thank you that's uh, amazing that that means a lot I, I, I did have like a period where I, I didn't release a lot for, for a while especially sure. during the pandemic but uh, but like you think about the amount of music you've put out in the past what 10 years like it's a lot of music dude yeah you're putting in work man like oh, thank you guys that that <laughs> means a lot stuff. and a lot of thank good you. music like, oh my god thank so you fun. yeah yeah also I, I wanted to mention too that like you've played with my favorite guitarist on planet earth Mateus. yeah i was like uh, yo my god Ma- Mateus my is a hero he's he uh, so good incredible oh my god what an incredible him. musician and person too he's uh, super sweet he seems like a really nice sweet dude yeah yeah, yeah. but his his playing is like the most stunning stylistic like just it's like just wet with like style and personality always tasty yeah like just phrasing tone like everything nailed it yeah every time oh i love it you played live with him and the java jazz yeah yeah, yeah he yeah. he went uh he he came on stage for a for a solo on a track and oh that that's was, super cool Dude. i was just in awe yeah that's awesome <laughs> Beautiful. yeah oh. you've done so much stuff too like like and that's what that's one of the things i love about sort of here's a okay here's an interesting question let's go what is the genre 
Um, mm. you know, I, I guess like uh, electronic jazz is usually what people oh, say. I like that. And I then like, like from certain songs will be will lean a bit more towards a, a certain sure yeah of course niche mm-hmm. more than others. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, I would say in the gallery, the latest record is maybe slightly less electronic than the, the first yeah, two that records. Makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause like the upright is like, like the main kind of like character and since play more like of a support role. Mm-hmm. Whereas like on Metropole one, since are usually the, like the lead part and sure. pian- the piano is like the transitions and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where, where I'm headed exactly with the, <laughs> with the next stuff, but yeah. I'm trying to figure what, what I'm, by the way, we should say about, this numerous times, but gallery is the new, that's the new record. It's out everywhere. And it's yes. fucking incredible. Thank you so yes, much. So oh killing. My God. You. So killing. Thanks so much. Oh my God. It's, it's like, you know, what's great about your stuff is like, you can't help, but pay attention to it because of how compelling musically it is. Oh man. But then mm-hmm. also you could like, if it's just on too, it, it slides so well into like any situation like that. You know what I mean? That, Where it's that like, you, the world. cause like, yeah, and, and normally, you know, unless something is intended to be, to be written like as background music or as like something to put on, right, you, right, you, know, right. you don't want to, you know, I, I, in other words, I wouldn't be like, Oh man, it's great background music. Like that, that's, that's not at <laughs> all not what, what, it I, is. what I mean. But like, it's just because, I can't, and I find my, you know, when, when there's really great, Tigran is another example of this, but like you can't help but pay attention. Totally. Because there's because so much shit going on. It's very like, compelling whoa, 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 whoa. You know, and I really all like these... a drip. Like, dunk, oh dunk, my dunk, God, dunk, 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 dude. Dunk. Well, okay. The so track on uh, Metropole One um, that has some of that, there's one, fuck, what's the name of it? It's not is the it, open, because uh, the opener is, um, is, Velours? How do you say that? I'm sorry. Velours or... Uh, gotcha, Velours gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. totally gotcha. fine. Okay. So there's an, there's one, and I always forget the name of it, but it's... Dun, 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 That's Velours. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that is. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. okay. Oh, yeah. That one to me, I was that like... Was when I heard that one for the Dude. first time, I was like, I fell out of my fucking chair. I was like, what? <laughs> I could not believe how hard <laughs> yeah, that shit grew. It like, thank you, man. It's, a, it's you, a fucking groove. Dude, dude. and it's thank that shit guys. Jacob Collier talks about, like the whole like divisions of it. And it's probably not even a specific, unless it is, um, that whole just like. <clears throat> right, right. <clears throat> the, the Dilla swing, or oh, I guess yeah, like, yeah, yeah, when yeah. it's like mm-hmm. mathematically precise, they call it a like, quintuplet swing. Or but honestly, yeah. for that, it was. Um, it's just laid back. Totally, yeah. Eight yeah. notes, yep. and then it, the flow kind of varies throughout the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even mm. nowadays, I would play like the 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 buildups in that song are pretty, with like just with perspective from like a few years after I released that. It's like mm. a kind of squarish laid back, like don't don't uh, 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 I got you. Uh, yeah, totally. Like today, I would play like a bit more freely than loose. back then. A little looser. Oh, okay. Like in the live show, it's it's a bit more it's looser yep. today than when oh, it was cool. released. I got example. you. That no, that makes sense. That makes you know? total sense. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's mostly it's it's really just feel and like yeah, the the, yeah. the laid backness. It's not always the same yep. throughout the song. It's I kind think of, that's mm. a yeah, and I like that personally. You know, and, and 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 I know Jacob has talked a lot about it as being like the divisions of five and seven. So like you know, you right. have like the four grouping of four, grouping of three, like da 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 da. Versus like the fives, which would be like more like one, two, three, one, two. Yeah, so it's a little bit different and everything, but like both of them kind of give you that sort of laid back, like Dilla ish sort of swing thing. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, definitely like just feeling it kind of that way. 
you know, and not really worrying too much about. Yeah. Like, you can kind of do either approach. I feel like they both work. But that groove in general is just like, fuck. So mm. good. I, I like to think of, well, sometimes it's useful to think, like, mathematically sure, and, like, course. with a grid. Yeah. But I, I really like to think of uh, just any phrase and mess around with, like, rushing and dragging around the click. Uh, and if it happens to line up like in a specific subdivision, yeah, that's yeah. that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. But like I, I try to prioritize this phrasing as the main thing to look out totally. for. Yes, because I feel like and this is just my take on it. But I feel like phrasing is usually what makes the difference into like how um, an idea is received by the listener mm-hmm. and how it mm-hmm. creates like an emotional connection with the person who's listening to it because it doesn't really matter like how many chords there are how many voices there are if a lick is like super busy or like very has a lot of space like right. if it has good phrasing like with a certain direction and tension yeah. velocity yeah. that's how I think that's the biggest difference well phrasing is emotion right yeah I mean that's exactly. really what it is like when I when I was playing a lot more guitar when I was younger my favorite guitarist was Joe Satriani I don't know if you know his stuff at all absolutely but phrasing fucking king like I absolutely loved his playing for his phrasing and so that's the same thing because you feel it yeah like you, you you actually feel an emotion from I, the player I think, I think one of the greatest examples that you know if you is is Frank or Ella you know what I mean? Like just, just the way, because oh, yeah. like, you know, especially when you put it into lyrics, it kind of gives you an obvious representation of how phrasing can be super effective. Yeah. And vocals have just even more layers of phrasing. Like one single note can be like expressing so many different yeah. ways. Like whereas the piano, like the, the note just ends. So right. There's less parameters. Yes. But even then. Yeah. Yeah. But like, mm. but, but it's, a, I think it's like a great example of like, oh, that that's because phrasing, I think the way it was explained to me as it and this is one of the reasons why they always say especially like in jazz they're like learn the lyrics they say learn the words mm-hmm. of the songs you're playing because we all know the tunes everybody knows like all the stuff that you're supposed to know right but very few of us know the words and mm. and my um my teach a couple of teachers have said to me like learn the lyrics because that's where all the phrasing data is because it tells you how because like you you it wants it needs to be as close to speaking as possible because that's how it feels so natural Mm. right so like you get that if you understand the lyrics of something Mm. and then that can help you understand how to better phrase even if you're not using the lyrics at all right right but it's it's probably interesting too like if you're writing melodies that just don't have words right there's an additional thought process that has to go into like okay well there's no words to base the the phrasing on so where am I going to derive that, you know? Exactly. And I'm curious to know actually too, cause I'm just thinking about like myself as a composer and sort of maybe where I start, but what's like, where, like what, where does your process begin? Because that could either be a chord progression or a right. specific rhythmic phrase yeah. or a melody. Like what, what do you typically start with? I, I'd say I have like two kind of like main approaches. One is where the, the theme is kind of like the starting point. Like and the like the melodic theme? Yeah. Okay. And then I'll I'll arrange, sit down on the piano and kind of like create an initial structure, harmonic progression around that. And that's kind of like my arrangement approach. But then the other one when I'm just starting ideas is it's usually drums first. And then I'll jam over that for a while gotcha and then everything mm-hmm. will kind of like stack and follow so you're basically providing yourself with like a basic like like a like a loop kind of beat that you exactly can initial yeah. frame to, to kind of jam around yeah and then yeah. So once once in a while I'll like replace the drum and that like that idea that started harmonically will now be the new foundation mm. it kind of like hops between right. those two yeah 
processes. You never really predict where you're going to get the inspiration from, right? No, exactly. Yeah. Just trying to. It's going to come from all sorts of stuff. Like I get a new guitar pedal and I'm like. (gasps) Yeah. That inspires you. New timbers. Clicks. Exactly. yeah, Yeah. Never know. That's got that. Yeah. That's an interesting point because like that's not something being just pretty much just a pianist. Like that's not something that my brain goes to. But mm. now that you say that, that makes complete sense where it's like, oh, I found this new patch or I found this new something. And all of a sudden it's mm. like, oh, that kind of sounds like this. Well, like, you were you were playing through Keyscape the other day to all the different sounds in the program. And yeah. you were playing different stuff every time something yeah, you react came differently. Up, yeah, I guess. You know? Yeah, yeah your sense. brain was like, click. And then it's like, oh, let's play this this darker yeah. thing. because it. You know. I'm, I'm a sucker for... Um, um, I don't know what you use for plug. Have you used Keyscape? Uh, a ton, yeah. Yeah, yeah I love it. It's amazing. Keys. It's, so, it's one of my favorites. It's, oh, yeah. it's the best, I think, maybe you have recommendations, but for me, like, it's the best piano I've found. Like, it's just I so agree. good. Um, but just for, for everything, for, for the rows, the yeah, whirly, the clap, yeah. there's the amount of attention to detail. I know. It's, it's legendary. It, it boggles. You, you know what I love about the, the C7, the main grand, is the cutoff. Yeah. There is some... I it drives me nuts when when pianos just like don't cut off well, you know. Mm. And I find Yamaha has always been pretty good with that. Um, Kawhi is another one that I've had pretty good luck with, not because I'm sponsored by them or anything. Um, <laughs> no, but, but legitimately though, like like yeah. But nice. um, <laughs> but the because uh, I remember I remember playing at the Blue Note. Uh, in New York City with the um, it's, it sounds cooler than it is it was with the school big band um, <laughs> still cool it was That's a lot of fun cool. yeah yeah um, but the piano they had a C7 and <clears throat> I remember when I picked my hands up off of that the sound fucking stopped and I was like yes because it feels so much more like it feels like the rhythm like propels itself so much more when you're able to actually use the cutoff as another mm. rhythmic tool I agree you know what I mean I nothing drives more. me crazier than like a lazy piano you know well not only that it's just like with most like sample libraries is like because there's a cutoff but then what you hear after you play percussively or like short, a short note is the resonance yeah. of the instrument that's mm-hmm. what is is loud mm-hmm. and what you hear mm-hmm. and yeah. like a lot of sample libraries will have they record the note and then when they release they fade that sample out but that's not what's, what's happening it's true like the note just like like 600 milliseconds of that no, thank right. you. Like right, that. right. And it's cool. Like, there's a lot of like cool libraries that sound amazing when you play like pads and stuff. But uh, as soon as you start playing staccato and stuff, that's where yeah, mm. exactly. you miss out on exactly uh, what the instrument is about. Yeah, yeah. What's <laughs> you? You had to have spent so much time because I'm just thinking, may, and maybe I'm doing it all wrong. Maybe this is why I've never been able to figure anything out with like actually making cool shit in in Logic or Ableton or whatever. But you must spend so much time like play next one play next one play just like looking through in sounds. terms of like patches yeah well or do you or do you like specifically look do you know what you're looking for or is it just exploration not really but yeah. like i'll spend a lot of time like coming up with patches and then having them what is that so so dig into that a little bit so like coming up with patches what does that mean oh well i mean like sound design yeah. or uh well i so actually i i sampled my upright piano at home for the tour specifically because i was looking into having like a like a very upfront resonance in a patch to play percussively and with gallery like it was a big part of that sound and so i i wanted that on tour cool and so i i spent uh, a a lot of time (laughs) (laughs) what is that process like because you have to that's every individual note and you've got to do it in a variety of of different ways yeah so i it's still like an early version so i might uh like do a revision once i go back home but it got to a point where i could use it for the tour so i didn't I did five velocities per note 
for like the note on and then for a note off i did uh four velocity so basically recording the, st the staccato sample and so when you play something either quieter or, or loud and you release it quickly it triggers the staccato release so the resonance super pleasant mm. if you uh hold it for like at least three seconds it's another sample and then if it's like super long you don't really need the resonance anymore it's just the the, the hammer and like the note just being lifted off so like more like a percussive sample i recorded like every note being lifted off as well and that like react depending on the velocity as well wow uh, right, because the damper is going to run into the string at a different speed. Exactly. Right, and it create a little bit of a different sound. Exactly. Wow. Like when you hold Dang. it like really for a really long time, you, there's not much of a resonance <laughs> on the end. It's just a the kind of like noise. Huh. Uh, and then I sampled, or I guess like I made like an impulse response, so like a like a reverb, convolution reverb, from white noise into the piano with and without the sustain pedal. So when you press the sustain pedal, it like activates that impulse response and then when it's off it's just a normal impulse response so you get the resin everything runs through through that as well if that makes sense so how like how many different recordings of every single key do you think there had to be whether um, it's from a release right. velocity or an attack velocity or whatever right i think i i went with uh in total, it's like ten per note, mm -hmm. so it's like it's a it's a good compromise. Like mm -hmm. it's it's it makes it so that it's not too heavy. Mm -hmm. I I still feel like there's a lot of expressiveness, but it's not like thirty or forty, with, with, mm -hmm. which would be more responsive than all the way through. But that was already like two two hundred plus hours. So I was like, yeah, because right, that's, that's 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 like a thousand. I was gonna say you're approaching. That's a thousand about a, yeah, it's about a thousand recordings of, yeah. of your piano individually that you now have to organize and create. Yeah, into the programming was like wow. longer than the recording really? process, like Dang. and making sure like making little adjustments of velocity, and even then, like it's it's still not perfect, but at mm. least like it translates well in the room. It responds well to playing, and then. Do you use like yeah. a? Is there like a software that you can use to create that kind of stuff, or did you have to do it from scratch? So because I'm not like a like a programmer, but I I, I know my my way around Ableton. Uh, I I build it for now natively in Ableton. Gotcha. But I basically mm -hmm. just so I could make it work for the tour, mm -hmm. and then just stop working on that and practicing at some point because that was kind of <laughs> important. <laughs> yeah. So I could play my parts. I was like, <laughs> we were getting closer and closer to the day that we were leaving, and I'm like, okay, I, I I'm not done with the piano yeah, yet. I was like, I, I should <laughs> probably be able to play the tour. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would be handy. So you yeah. know, uh, but over Do the next year or so, I'm gonna definitely looking for a partner to maybe get like its own UI and, yeah, and you stuff. Yeah, this sounds like this sounds like a product. A product. There 100%. You go. A product. Yeah. This sounds like a product. <laughs> do Hell it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's definitely a, pro a product. You guys you guys do like merch and stuff on the tour. Yeah. Good, good, good. I was so, dude, yeah. I was so mad at Adam. I was like I was like, dude, where is your merch table, bro? Like didn't come have on. Merch. No. I was no. like, Adam, if, if you hear this, dude, get on it, bro. <laughs> like Yeah, no, no, but dude. like I was yeah, cuz he did the show. It was it was so sold out. Like it was sold out to the point where they um there was a guest list and stuff like that and they they were like, "Oh, I we're never doing this guest list again. This is a disaster." They were wow. like over capacity like it was it was huge. And oh, that's incredible. It was great. I mean, and and I I think they had similar success throughout the rest of the tour. It was fantastic. Nice. And mm -hmm. it was a fantastic show and it absolutely deserved to be sold out to that extent. Um yep. but like I'm just like, dude, merch come makes on, such man. a big difference. Let's go, yeah. dude. <laughs> and I was just looking at your merch earlier too. It's so dope. Oh, I, thank dude, you, man. Have, we, yeah. Can you pull it up? 
Yeah, can we look at it? Because I'm, I'm curious. I love that it, who, who did your designs? Uh, so most of the designs were done by uh, this guy called Michael Ferrier who did the, all of the artwork for the gallery project. And then... Oh, your uh, website looks so good, dude. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Look at the hoodies. Yeah, I'm just... Uh, and then... Um, those yeah, so Oh, All of the, those, the dribble stuff, that's all Michael. Dude. Uh, oh. The Bond stuff is Michael. Dribble stuff is Michael. Did you do the album artwork too? Yeah. Yeah. And then the keyboard stuff was uh, uh, oh, her name was Anna. She's an amazing, amazing. Uh, graphic designer. Oh, that's cool. She did that first batch of, of merch. Oh, I see. Oh, damn. It's and the A. Right. Dude, this is phenomenal. Like, yeah, dude. this is fantastic merch. Thank the, you a, guys. the A thing is unbelievable. That's like so great i oh, love cool, this so type of branding yeah, the stuff sick. that's just like yeah, 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 yeah. real clean minimal like it's oh my god that's great yeah we gotta get on some designs like that <sighs> we gotta get our shit together let's go <laughs> yeah no we have merch but it's just one of those things that, especially since we launched the academy like i don't i don't talk about the merch like at all and it's gotcha. kind of because like i don't want to i don't know i don't want to like crowd you you don't want to use your content as like just sell 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 like I hate doing like totally it's I, like I I'll agree. talk about the the academy because I'm like hey this is the thing that we've created that I think is like really going to help people it's and worth it's like something to a hundred percent yeah, yeah. Totally. it's not just like a t-shirt or something yeah. That, yeah and honestly like I don't know what you're using for like distribution or anything but we just were on Teespring and it's like we don't make that much money and it's like totally people don't realize like when stuff seems expensive on Teespring, the creator is not really getting a lot of that. It's it's yeah. really the margins are real slim on clothing, yeah. especially when you're using something like Teespring. Which the 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 convenience of it, Super I'll take it. It's fine, yeah, because like yeah, it's it's we don't really have to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's good. It's better than like having to house inventory or something like that or deal with shipping and all kinds of bullshit. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's 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 really it's tough to make a lot like the 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 channels like. I don't know, like Mr. Beast or, or David Dobrik, people who have done insanely well on merch. That's all in-house stuff. Like you can't really use, and I mean, oh, you right. know, they have used services, but you bet your ass they have special setups with those services because yeah, 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 they're yeah. so big. Totally. So yeah, so mm. they like, yeah, they have this whole system where it's much more, and I'm sure the margins are way better, but especially because yeah. they know they're going to sell X amount, you know, so it's easier to kind of plan, especially. Predict if, around. Yeah, yeah. So then. even if they're using, even if they're using oh is that our, is that our food oh, okay probably um, yeah even if they're using something like um, I don't know Fanjoy or whatever but um, yeah well on on tour the margins are definitely higher because you know you're right. printing your inventory yes. but then so that's why I'm surprised that Adam Adam bring your merch let's go dude come on man it's a, right. it's a really good way for for artists to actually make money on yeah. tour yeah. but even then like you know venues always or and by extension promoters take a cut from yep. mm-hmm. from merch and I was talking about this with, with Bad Snacks it's like I, I don't understand why it's a thing still like there are certain venues that will take like 20% of like soft apparel so not physical music but the merch and that's the way the, the industry has been but I didn't know that that's weird. I, I still don't really understand that make why sense. it's a thing like let's say you sell for like a thousand dollars of merch or like two two thousand dollars of merch like right. that two hundred or four hundred dollars is worth a lot to the artists absolutely like in terms of like several oh, yeah. shows oh my god as opposed to for the venue like I don't know I'm just I'm not no, no, being you, mad in any way no, no, but I'm totally. just like asking the question it is a weird right, thing why? and I'm sure I'm sure that the justification is well you're using our space yeah and our promotion to result in this sale but like I don't know 
I mean, you're already if I'm running like a venue. That's the thing. The, it's the like exactly, or, or or they're getting a cut or something, or like you know, you know if, however it works. But uh, yeah, that's that's. I didn't know that was a thing. That seems weird to me. You know? Mm. Yeah. I don't but like uh, that. you know, yeah. I'm, I'm not like talking shit about anyone specifically. It's just it's just a thing that's everywhere. So yeah, it's yeah. yeah. Huh? Yeah, I would not have guessed that. That's interesting. You know? Hmm. Um. Yeah, that's such an interesting side of things that like I just don't know anything about. Like the whole idea of contracts with venues or different relationships with venues. Right. And, you know, it's like for for a touring artist. I mean, and you probably have to do it so many different ways for one tour, right? Because I'm sure different venues. Or do you have like a standard thing that like, hey, this is how we work and all venues do it? Or do you have to change it for all right. kinds of things? Well, well, that's where like a booking agent is, is, comes in very handy because it's like one kind of like central piece for negotiation and contracting. It's like it's very uniform. But I guess it like the different models are pretty much like per territory. So, you know, like in the States, it's pretty much always the same you get okay. a guarantee from promoter and then overages are pretty good in the states where like if you so sell out or sell many tickets mm. you make more money and it's like different kind of like sure. thresholds that you hit mm. in europe generally uh for, uh, in my experience at least like guarantees are slightly better but then overages are worse so you really have to you know sell merch and have other ways to kind of compensate oh, for it. okay and that's just on, on my kind of like <clears throat> touring scale i don't know maybe it varies if it's bigger or smaller i don't know sure and yeah. then asia usually like is is really really good for for to artists like the guarantees are amazing overages are amazing conditions wow. overall like really good Wow. My yeah. understanding, and Dylan, you've lived in Japan for a lot. Like, you've, mm-hmm. he's lived in Japan longer than he's lived in the United States since he graduated oh, college. Awesome. Quite, quite some time, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. And what yeah. were you doing there? Uh, I taught, well, okay, I was doing an internship doing videography work when I first started. And then I came, I went back and I taught English for a while. And then I went back and I worked videography. Wow. Um, yeah. It's cool. That's so cool. Yeah. So, do you speak Japanese? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Have you, do you know any? I know. Uh, Ohayo gozaimasu hey. and arigato. That's nice. it. <laughs> <laughs> Have you toured there? Is that why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we, dope. And we should be going uh, towards the end of this year. Oh, that's Killer. fucking awesome, dude. I, I love Japan. Dude. It's amazing. Yes. Well, they're starting to open back up again, so. Yeah. Just, you know. Yeah, by the time you get there, it should be like, yeah, hopefully back to yeah. normal, right? Let's go. Yeah, no, yeah, that's seriously. incredible. But the that's thing great. I was the, the the impression that I've always gotten, and having lived there, I mean, you can probably add some context to this, but I've always, and and also having played, you've played there, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so I get the the impression that there's just in general seems to be a greater appreciation for the arts, you know. And I don't know mm. why that is, but like, I'm you know, it's something it's just culturally, I suppose. But um, but it's nice to hear that it translates into how they treat oh, yeah, artists yeah. as oh, well. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah really really great that's great that's yeah. good that's awesome yeah 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 um yeah, totally yeah um we have we have a couple of segments that we have to that we have to get through yes we do. yeah you know i think um actually the first thing that we should touch on is uh jake jake has um we we do jake's thoughts of the day are we ever going to come up with a better name for that i don't know i don't know <laughs> it's like it's, <laughs> it's literally just been jake's thoughts of the day since we started this thing uh jake has two days to live so right. that's up. <laughs> what? <laughs> the, the eyes. He's like, what the like, fuck? Oh my god! No, <laughs> we were. It was funny because no. in the car when, when I was uh, I was on the phone with these guys when I was on my way to pick you up, and um, I was like, I was like, yeah, you know, um, that would be a funny thing to say at some point. And but the funny, the the, the hilarious thing that I didn't tell you guys about that happened was right when I was saying like. Um, 
what was I saying? I said something about, oh yeah, we'll have to joke about how Jake's going to die soon. He's not going to die soon. But it was like, okay. yeah, we've got to make a joke about how Jake's going to die soon. I said something. Oh God, I can't remember what I said. I thought it was kind of, fun. I thought it was kind of funny though. But right then the service cut out. Right. So oh. I'm in the car and I'm driving and I just made this horrible joke about Jake dying. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and it's just it silence, wow. <laughs> nothing. And then it hung up. Yeah. So, <laughs> right, right. so I'm driving down the road and I'm like, oopsie. It would have been a little bit too far. <laughs> <laughs> that's no, that's that was, called I, bad timing. I know. I yeah. thought that was hilarious. Yeah. But. Yeah. No, no. So um, you, uh, where was the, this was on your, your finger or something? Like something like that? Or you, I don't know. Well, we haven't yeah, even I said just, what it is. No, I just am, have become a bit of a hypochondriac. <laughs> so uh, I just, when I notice something's weird, I just freak out and... <laughs> think i'm gonna die <laughs> okay so he went the two days to live thing is that like a frequent thing that you you tell yourself no, no it's not <laughs> no, no, frequent, no. I was just joking to him. okay 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 i went to the doctors yesterday and then charles texted me and he was like how to go or whatever and i was like well i've got two days to live. oh okay i get the context he was there. like gotcha. he was like he's like yeah uh so i'll be there for tomorrow's podcast but i probably won't be there next week yeah. It's all good. It's all good. We, nice. we good. He's um, alive. But yeah, wow. anyways, on that note, Jake has a couple thoughts of the day. We don't know what these are, but I'll give you one. You can read one. All right. And, basically um, just shower thoughts. Okay, so. <laughs> yeah, you start us off. Okay, okay, what do we got here? The only thing that sucks about tortilla chips at a party is not being able to hear anything when you're eating them. The worst is when there's a group of people all munching on tortilla chips trying to have a conversation, and they're all just nodding as if they understand what the other people have said. And you think you're all bonded, but in fact, the bonds of potential friendship have been quashed by a Tostitos hint of lime tortilla. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's, that's deep. Yeah. That is, that's, that's deep. deep. That's wow. Very, uh, oh, my God. Very, Half uh, of these, I always thought. feel like it's it's fun to try to figure out, like, which ones of these are literal life experience for you. <clears throat> that, that one feels like it could be a I mean, life experience a lot, one. Though. Like, I don't know how you guys feel, but, like, tortilla chips <laughs> at a party. Like, you, can't, well, you, can't yeah. hear, you can't hear anything. You're not really mm-hmm. socializing when you're eating tortilla chips. Yeah. Definitely. What is it? The ones there's the ones that are like so blindingly loud in your own head, right? like it, oh, like the uh, not baked. What are they? Yeah, no, but it's something like they're not kettle baked. Cooked. Kettle cooked. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, kettle those cooked. Are like the kettle more crunchy, ones. I guess. Oh, Dude, yeah. hella crunchy. You, like you feel like you're gonna knock your own eardrums out of place from inside your own head. Hmm. Yeah. Speaking of chip bags, sometimes there's a really noisy chip bag. You know what I mean? The old sun chip bags. Oh my yeah, god. I had to change them. Yeah, they're, they, they're like, you know, thousand they decibels were when you're just trying to open them. You know what this feels like? This feels like the meme you sent me. The, mm. I, I got to pull it up. Or, yeah. Or, no, 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 no. Did you send it to me or did Amram send it to me? I don't remember. Well, you know, the trick is to open them. I open the, the chip bag like sideways. And so you don't have to make noise with the bag every time you're... Sideways. sideways. What do you mean? Well, as opposed to like opening it like this and then you're making noise with the bag every time you put your hand in it. If you put the bag like this and open oh, it up wow. sideways... You're not making any noise. Uh, Yo, yeah, holy yeah, yeah. shit. Huh? Oh, yeah. my God. Gonna have to try that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. That's genius. That's, that's genius. That's beautiful. Dude, music yeah, genius Spe- and chip genius of that, here. One, one thing I have noticed when I was in Japan is how they open chip bags that people don't hear. Because, yeah, they they oh. kind of they don't open from the side like I think you're talking about, but okay. they'll, they'll flip it over to the back where there's still a seam, and they'll open it from the back seam oh. and lay it flat completely out on the table. Okay, so the just open super up. easy to grab. Gotcha. That's, yeah, that's, so there's, like, no bag key. to get into. It's just open on the table. I have a question. But with that, however, like, if you want to just stop and eat later, can't you, do that. you can't you're do fucked. that. Yeah, yeah, you got to right? use another bag. Yeah, that's true. Or, or like, you? three paper clips. 
Or clothespins. And, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have to, like, wrap it up like a little sack. Like, yeah. You have to, like, whip, whip, oh, sew it up. Wow. So this is anyway, hilarious because, like, Amram sent me a meme earlier that <clears throat> it's, like, the difference between musicians and podcasters. Mm. And it was, like, on the musician the musician side, it's, like, this dude with all these pedals and all this equipment, and he's sitting on the floor crying, being like, what if nobody wants to listen to it? And it, and the, on the right, it's, like, three bros at a table wearing headphones, and they're like, yeah, so I'm at the supermarket the other day, and the cashier's really taking her time. And some guy's like, oh, shit. And the other guy's like, oh, I hate that, bro. He's like, yeah, and I've got, uh, I've got ice cream right on the conveyor belt, and she knows it. And they're like, oh, shit, I hate that, bro. Like, that's the extent of it. It's, like, some this bullshit wow. conversation but yeah we try to avoid that as much as possible but it's yeah. inevitable sometimes we have to have some amount of bullshit. oh there's three of them oh, balance give me one uh you want to go <clears throat> sure let's go let's do it okay what do we got we always hear about the horror of puppy mills but no one talks about ant farms <laughs> <laughs> why are we raising new ants when there are billions without a oh home my God. hashtag adopt an ant the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good cause. When, uh, when do you come up with this? <laughs> uh, Late at night. Whenever, when I'm sitting by myself in my apartment. And I'll nice. get I'll get these messages. I'll just get Facebook messages at like at like 2 in the morning, and it's just some stupid shit like that. Yeah. It's just like out of nowhere. Hashtag and I'm like, an I don't I don't know. You know what? I'm going to go like, uh, make a book. Out of, out of that's the, that's the idea. What? Eventually, we're going to... And sell it in the merch store. I was gonna hey, say. hey! Sell it at <laughs> gigs. Let's go, Adam. Merch. Come on, man. It's on the trail. <laughs> Let's go. A book of jokes. <laughs> wow. A book of thoughts. Joke Dude. Book, a book of... Music. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. You're going on tour, man. Yeah. yeah. To read your book Should, of jokes yeah. and That'll thoughts. That'll be... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do that as like part yeah. of our interactive experience. We'll like, be your opener. You'll be my opener. Yeah, stand up. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you could legitimately turn our, okay, a game that I think we're going to play later, which is like we read two missed connections. You know missed connections? Oh, okay. oh we'll, right. ex- we'll explain we'll it in explain a bit it because it's it's, well, it's I, hilarious. I might know what it is in French, so maybe I'm well, not sure. we'll 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 get there. We'll I'm get, curious. Okay, we'll get there. You, you probably know generally what it we'll is. We'll save that conversation. It's great. It's great. It's great. Yeah. Anyways, no, but I'm just picturing like the Tim Heidecker shit where it's like it's not actually stand up. It's you sitting awkwardly like thumbing out these things from a folder trying to like find them and then reading them one at a time and everybody's like (laughs) yeah and everybody's just like that'll be my you'll really warm the crowd up that way all right let's go what do we got let's see as we were enjoying our dinner last week at elway's steakhouse the chef came out to our table and said i hope you're enjoying the meal i poured my blood sweat and tears into this recipe we promptly left Elway's has been shut down, and the chef is being charged with attempted murder by poisoning. <laughs> that blood, like blood a, sweat, and tears is a, a vital part of the recipe, I guess. Yeah. Wow. It always you know? is. <laughs> a little bit of a dad joke there. That's a little bit yeah, of a dad joke. Yeah, that's a dry yeah. dad joke. We can do a category of dad jokes in the book for right. something like that. Right. Yes, yes, so we For all, all ages, like every group yeah. has like yes. its own kind of section. Exactly. exactly. We'll do yes. dad jokes. We'll do like a like a just completely tasteless, and then we'll have to do like an anti-funny one. It's like <laughs> these, for the whole family. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. These, <laughs> I mean. these ones didn't work. Um <laughs> killer that's amazing um moving on oh i'm so excited for this because it's not often that we have um a guest who is a musician 
Um, actually, I say it's not often. Literally, not the only <laughs> guests we've had have been musicians. Oh, so I, what I'm the fuck wondering. am I talking about? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah no. you are the first guest. This is a very yeah, special you're the, day. Yeah, hey. you're, you're, um, we had uh, a couple a couple episodes ago, we had one of my professors from school who's now actually the direct. He was just um, promoted to the director of the jazz program. Oh, that's and so this cool. this is at Purchase College just outside New York City. Nice. Yeah, uh, he was out, and so he, he did an episode with us. And oh, that's, that's awesome. That was a lot of fun. But yeah, no, you're yeah. our first, uh, definitely like, our, our, our first, like, Influencer guest, Ooh, yes, famous guest, yes, yeah, definitely, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. the first one outside of the circle. Is that the gotcha. weirdest thing in the world for you? Like, if somebody says being like, called you're, influencer, yeah, you're an influencer, absolutely, that it's feels so weird. weird. <laughs> it's yeah. like I don't like. It's like what the fuck? <laughs> if it's just it's like, what am I influencing? Well, you do influence know. people, though. Well, but I don't know. It's like it's just such a weird territory, dude. Dude, you're crushing it. You have, you're almost you're uh, almost up to three hundred thousand on Instagram. Oh, I thanks, noticed. man. Yes, it's just uh, I mean the landscape is changing quite quickly, and it's yeah. just it feels weird just hearing like famous too as a weird uh, as as a word because like I, I mean dude. I've had some success, but no, I, no, it's it's way more real you know, than you think. You know what I mean? I mean and I, you've totally, gotten I tastes so. of that on tour because I'm sure yeah, it's been mind-blowing to see people and, and you're like, yep. I've never seen you before in my life, but you know who I am. That is unreal. Isn't for that sure. weird? Yeah, yeah, it really is. And I have yeah. not had many. Like when when I did the, sh- the show with um, um, Sungazer here in Denver, that was like to me – because that was really – I think the first time – so timing for me was really strange because the stuff initially blew up um, uh, on TikTok first and then Twitter – and then TikTok Facebook. before YouTube? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Yeah, oh. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's wow. how they got there. Yeah. This uh, Cardi B TikToks. No yeah, way. yeah, because no I was, I don't know if you ever saw, I was doing, in the beginning, I was doing these like memes where I would like play along with the speech. I think I, I never saw those. No, actually. no, I, really? Because I discovered you through YouTube directly. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Because I, I just got on TikTok like last year. So it's still like okay. very yeah. kind of new for me. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So well, it, it it all lives on YouTube, like way back in my in like the older videos. Gotcha. A bunch of like, but I was doing these memes where I'd like play the <clears throat> notes of people's speech, oh. and then and then and then I'd play chords with them and shit like gotcha. that. Gotcha. So that was what initially blew up with Cardi B. Well, the first one was Cardi B. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. I did it for a, a bunch of other things, and then eventually I kind of felt like the joke was like played out, and it felt weird to do more of them because mm-hmm. i felt like i was just doing the same thing and i guess like the, the 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 harmony and the actual execution was always different right yeah. but it, it was the same like oh this is funny for the same reason and With i like kinda, a formula kind yeah of and i kind of okay. just i got to a point where yeah. i felt like it was like it was just played out you know mm-hmm. and i kind of yeah so i stopped doing them and that was a couple of years ago I remember, how long? something like that that i stopped mm. uh making those regularly but in the beginning when i was first getting some traction dude i was making like two a day on wow. Instagram. I and I think about that now and I think about like our posting schedule now and how much work it takes us now and I'm like how the fuck was I figuring that out? Mm. That's know? crazy. Because, yeah, it was it was like I would find and I think at the beginning too there were so many popular old vines and things like that that right. would, that were really great candidates for this thing to be done on. Mm-hmm. And so to me I was like, oh well there's an endless supply there was not an endless supply. It ran out. And I was like, I'm digging up memes that no one's ever seen before that aren't that funny. And I'm just mm. trying to do this thing with them. And it doesn't really feel that authentic. Gotcha. And so, yeah. so I stopped, but I got super lucky that <clears throat> the easy path into what we're doing now was simply to tell people how I was doing that. 
Mm. You know what I mean? To give people sort of the background and like, oh, here's That's how amazing. I'm, yeah. So like I'm thinking harmonically here, like here, you know, I'm, I'm like, it. this is kind yeah. of, you know, my thought process with this chord to this chord to this chord. And that opened up the world of music education. That and is here so, we are. and here Brilliant. we are. So yeah. I got very lucky because oftentimes it's really hard to transfer a meme sort of account totally. into something more substantial. Yeah. And the reality with meme accounts is like, you can't make a business out of that. I say that I'm sure you can. What I'm saying is it's very difficult to. To, to because, make it sustainable? Yeah. Yes, because you're dealing with content that is not yours. So right. sometimes you run into rights issues, even though most of what I was doing was fair use. Yeah. But like still, you it and, and most of the time memes are short, right? Right. So it's like you How don't you make, make that much form. money. Yeah, you don't make that much money mm. for super short content. Mm. Yeah. So I got to a point, I was like, oh, I'm going to have to figure out how to make a living doing this because mm. this won't work. And yeah, we just got really lucky that the trans the transfer into education was so smooth. Well, that's because in no small part due to the fact that you're like a particularly good teacher. Like a lot of people who would make you are. Well, <laughs> well because like a lot of people who would make that funny shit or be an amazing musician are not always good teachers. Absolutely. It doesn't, the correlation doesn't is not there. And not only that, but I, I, I've told you this just by message, but like what I know, like when I discovered you, I think it was like two years ago I discovered you on oh, YouTube wow. is like uh, super good, like educator and um, communicator, Thanks, but also your, your presence. You're just, you make people happy. Oh, right. wow. Like, that's you. like your aura. And oh, like, it just so invites nice. people in and you want to keep on watching. And that's like, I, I don't think that. that's luck. That's oh. that's you. Oh, thank right. you. Know? I appreciate that. Right. No, that's it's 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 just because it's fun, really. Like, like I try, and it's funny because sometimes we'll have video ideas where I'm looking at the thing that we're proposing that I talk about, and I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know if I can find it. Like, I don't mm. know if I can because some. I mean, some music is just like, eh, it's fine. You know, like totally. that's just the reality. Like yeah. some music sucks. Like it does. And mm. so like sometimes if there's something that might be even stuff that's popular and I'm like, I just don't know what I can say about this. Like, mm. I don't know if I can put together a 15 minute video mm. being excited about this yeah. versus other things. Like, for example, like talking about Kendrick's new album, you know, mm. dude, I was stoked. I was so pumped because I was hearing things. I was like listen to this yeah, yeah and it's yeah, just yeah. Like, so exciting to totally. tell people about and be like no you don't understand like this is doing this and this and this and all this other shit with harm harmony and samples and all kinds of cool stuff like that and it's just a blast like when we get something um i'm trying to think of like a really great example and they don't always work which is in, was that's the odd part and that's the stuff about like youtube algorithm stuff that's like so oh, like the video is working sometimes okay, the videos gotcha. work sometimes they don't like, right, 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 right. we did one on a um on a Sonic game from the 90s. Really? Where the music was killing. Like the music the, the, was... The Sonic music is just out of this it, world. It is, but this one in particular, um, we're not live so we can get away with this. Can you actually pull that? Because I, I, I want him to hear some of this stuff. Because do the, um, um, the first one, I think it's Sonic R and it's uh, Sun... Can you? Yeah, that one. That one. Yeah, dude, this shit is so good. Do you know who the who the, the composer is? Yes. Um, it was. Oh shit! It's on. It's on the video that I did, and I don't. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, this. Yep. No. Yeah. 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 Dude, dig this stuff. It's. It's so cool. There's some harmony, like key change shifts in here that are like, yo. Right. Woo. Yeah. So you've got this. So there's like a key shift there, right? And then you, it keeps going. But then the chorus 
goes to a different place entirely, and it's like, <gasps> it's like the sun opens up. It's just like, can you feel the sunshine right here? Check this out. <laughs> yeah, dude. Isn't that so killer? I love it. That's dude, amazing. It's sunshine. so great. Yeah. All right. Yes. That, yeah, but Beautiful. I was I was so pumped about that music and I was so excited and we did this wow. whole video talking about it and breaking yeah. down what was happening with the harmony there and uh, and and like it did okay. I mean, I don't know how many views that video has, but it was I like I think it did pretty good. It did it. I thought I it did, did less over time, didn't it? Do maybe. pretty well. Yeah, it's got like one fifty, maybe. Oh, I okay. More yeah, than so that. like not not super great, but okay, like, nice. but I, it was funny because I I was so excited because I was just like, you guys gotta check this yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, maybe Sonic. Just yeah. people don't really care that much. I don't know. Another I one mean, was How to Train Your Dragon. That one mm. I was really excited about because mm. that the those music, are great movies. Oh my god, and the score, John oh, yeah. Powell's score for that is yep. fucking phenomenal. It's so good. Is is John Powell the same guy who did the the Bourne soundtrack? Mm, I don't believe so. I don't oh. think so. Can we Google um, that real quick? John yeah, yeah. Powell. John yeah. Powell, because um, we talked about this briefly in the video. He's done, he did like Chicken Run, Ants. Um, ants uh, with uh, Woody Allen? <clears throat> I don't remember. In the, in the 90s? Uh, yes. No, like the, yes. He did. Okay. That, how did we, oh, wow. how did we not talk about that? That is one of yeah, the best movie soundtracks ever you made, think so? in my opinion, mm. because wow. it paved the way for <clears throat> just like, thriller i guess like a spy kind of like uh action soundtrack with like orchestral and mm. synths oh and like you, you hear that and you're like yeah that's like a just a, an action movie with like a wow a fugitive or i don't know like a hero on the run but the born identity kind of like started wow. so when did that as first far as i out? know when did that first is is the main theme like a good example do you yeah, think yeah yeah click on that real quick let's like just click through, it's so good click through that and find a spot da, da, or something because that's interesting because i i've actually I've not seen the Bourne movies. You have to. I know. It's so I know. good. I hear that it's so good. But so, you know, go to like starts... the most replayed. <clears throat> Wait, a little bassoon on the theme. Yeah. So super orchestral, very beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And then like a, like a synth elements start coming in. It's on the phone. Oh. Yeah. And the percussion too, like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really nice. good. That's nice. And so you're saying this is like one of the early movies. What year was this movie? Like 90... 97, did I see? I think like so. 97? Something like that. 2002? Well, that's yeah. when the record was Yeah, was but the movie was before. movie was before. Um, but it's... It, it, so you're saying it was like one of the earlier movies to kind of incorporate synthesizer work into... That orchestral. kind of approach, which has yeah. been like just... Uh, well, not necessarily copied, but kind of like uh, used as a template for multiple movies after that. Gotcha. And as, there, there might be something obviously like preceding this, but as far as I know, this is one of like the really the early ones. And I've listened wow. to the soundtrack just over and over. It's yeah. really well done. What? Like well, so, what are some of like I don't know, like what mu- what music? What music do you like? Like, what <laughs> <laughs> what's been some of your favorite stuff that you think has kind of been really formative for you? Right. Well, this is actually a great example. I, I wow. like like a movie movie scores in general, mm-hmm. and especially when they Dude, kind of like same. I fucking yep. love movie you know? scores so much. That's like one of my favorite types of music. Uh, I just think here. they're they're so they're because they have to serve this purpose of creating emotion exactly and, and in service the, of a story exactly yep. yeah, yeah yeah and so like it, it to me it's one of the most emotionally communicative forms of music that there can be I because agree. simply out of necessity yeah you know and so you just get these moments that are so impactful that like mm. you know what i mean like 
it, and it's also amazing how the music can just pull you back into the film right away. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You can hear music from a part yeah. of a film and you're not even watching the film and like it shit can make you cry. And just because you like you, you're put right back in that place. And that's how powerful the music in the way that it's written is that yeah. it can pull you back into that place. Like that Hans Zimmer Dune shit. Yeah. Oh, that was powerful. Oh, that was oh. nuts. Yeah. Yeah. We watched, so I have like a, it's not even really a great quality sound bar, but I have a sound bar and like a <clears> massive <throat> subwoofer at home. Nice. And we watched, yeah. I've got this like 82 inch TV and oh, we, yeah, we watched yeah, yeah. Dune. Oh, the windows were rattling. Like literally, I can't imagine. dude, it was so great. And at the, oh. the end of that shit, the way it's like leaves you on this hanging, but the, but it just builds itself up so much and then just cuts the bagpipes oh my god dude yeah. that was that was nuts i was, was so, so cool yeah, dude. dude i wanted the 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 attack scene where the where the bagpipes play and yeah. the charge yeah i wanted to fucking jump out of my seat and just like start running around the house i was like was so, so powerful good. yeah so movie scores you said that's like one of the bigger ones yeah but basically anytime there's like some form of crossover or like blending genres i'm i'm in and yeah. i feel like uh well actually like most music that's being done today if not all of it i think is some form of crossover yeah, because yeah. we're exposed to so many influences and we have mm. like such an easy access to music which is wonderful i think it's one of the most exciting times 100%. for music Absolutely. today because mm. there's so much amazing stuff being made um you know my heroes are like uh herbie hancock quincy jones uh chick Corea, oscar peterson and herbie hancock specifically like the sunlight album is just one of my yes. favorite albums of all time because basically the way I, you know, I grew up, started with classical piano. My mom is a piano teacher. Oh, that cool. is a radio host that focused on, on classical music, basically. Oh, wow. oh, cool. And then we, you know, I was introduced to jazz, like at home, we had a, a few records, but I started exploring jazz during high school on my own while I was also being introduced to electronic music. So like uh, Skrillex and like maybe like Wolfgang mm. or like what kind of like was branded as EDM, you mm. know, after the fact. And yeah. then I was like, yeah, that's really cool, and I I like like modern production and like really heavy hitting or very full sounding synths. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want to play this, and then I started messing around with like Garage Band and stuff, and I found out later that most of this music that I was listening to was programmed and not played, which is totally fine. It's just a different sure. skill set. Mm-hmm. But then it's interesting because I got into jazz fusion after that, and I found like okay, these cats are like shredding synths in real time and like uh, it was at mm-hmm. the time where like a lot of it was like there was like the maybe the cheesy connotation of like some timbres that didn't really uh, I don't know age that well but then like just I'm like thinking, a, I'm thinking like rocket you know like <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, I think it's it's okay but then like just a few years after that big comeback of like retro synthing like the 80s sound mm. uh, you know partly attributed to maybe the success of like a series like uh, Stranger Things mm. that kind of like oh, brought yeah, that yeah. Yeah, sure. sound I don't know if like it's the only contributor but definitely kind of like brought that sure. nostalgia back and then yeah. I'm like alright well this is a really good time to go full time with like a keyboardist led mm-hmm. uh, synthy project and that kind of eventually led me to Anomaly but that's, you know that's, that's super interesting yeah. and I'm wondering like so one one question I had What's the first jazz you ever heard? What's that first record? First jazz, uh, probably Oscar Peterson, I think. Same. Yeah? Yes. For real? Yeah. Nice. Uh, I, I, I literally, it's it's on the set. It's in the background of my set. Wow. The rec- so, so I got a, uh, my parents put a, an Oscar Peterson CD in my Christmas stocking one year. Wow. And I was probably 11 or 12. And I shit you not, it, it was not opened for a year. 
Okay. Because I didn't know what it was. I, you know, and I started, I was taking piano. I started taking piano lessons when I was eight and, um, you know, I was playing like started just normal how you do when you're a kid and everything. And then, um, you know, more classically focused initially. And then, and, but I had a teacher who started teaching me like pop tunes. So I started learning a little nice. bit. Yeah. I learned some Beatles stuff. I learned some Billy Joel stuff and I would, he would have these like arrangements of these tunes. And I would literally do the thing where you're a kid and you don't want to learn how to use music. So like you watch the hands and you learn visually like totally. that. Yeah. yeah. So I did that. And then, um, but because, because people knew that I was kind of getting into playing more of this more popular, more modern stuff. I think that's why, you know, my mom saw the jazz thing. She saw this CD and she was like, Oh, maybe, I don't know. It's Cause she didn't know what it was. And, um, and so it sat for a year and then I was cleaning my room one, one day and I found it and I was like, Oh yeah, this thing, this has been like floating around my room through drawers and shit wow. for like a year. Mm. And I put it on and I was like, yo, what the fuck? I was, I, I, I was so blown away by wow. that record. And it wasn't even like one of the, one of like the, the, the real you know, famous old popular ones of Oscars. It was um, from 1990. It was a, it was a oh, recording at the Blue Note. Wow! It was a live recording at the Blue Note with um, uh, Ray Brown and uh, and Herb Ellis. Wow! And uh, but also um, uh, Bobby Durham on drums. Gotcha. So it was like a quartet thing, and I was I I listened to that so much. I transcribed before I knew what transcribing was. Like I was singing along mm. with every single solo because I knew it inside. That's and out, amazing, you know. And I never tried to put it to keys, but like I was just I knew it yeah, so it well. Was here. Yeah, because I was yeah. so obsessed with the swing. I couldn't get over how good that felt. Like how Incredible. hard that shit swung. It, it was just so unbelievably groove. The groove was just so insane. You know, mm. and and I was like, that's what I want to do. I was like, I want to learn how to do that. Oh yeah. You know, and to this day, I mean, Phrasing. Oscar's like definitely like the big yeah, yeah. yeah totally yeah, yeah exactly Phrasing, yeah. For sure. Phrasing and just pure fucking swing feel, and the chops was impressive too. Yeah, when I was a kid. super. Like, and, and, and it's so funny because tasteful. We're yes, not like just yes, all over the place, like notes, yes. like with a purpose, and and it, and it drove mm. me nuts how like people give Oscar shit. <clears throat> you know and like people don't like him because they think it's like oh it's just a bunch of like stock fucking licks and shit like fast stuff yeah and mm. I'm like dude mm. fuck off like that's yeah. <laughs> that's that's such bullshit yo that's what I love about Mateus yeah he plays so fucking fast he can play incredibly fast amazing lines but they're they're always tasteful exactly every it's, single it's thing. not it's about them the being like virtuosic it's not it's just it's about no, the fast no. playing in service yeah, yeah. of whatever the idea yeah. or yeah. context is calling for in fact or, like the vast majority of the stuff that i've watched on his youtube i don't think is like all that crazy fast it's just beautiful stuff exactly yeah but he can play like he can stretch your fucking face off you know yeah but, yeah and 100%. oscar is actually from montreal i know little burgundy yeah and i found oh, out like he? not as soon as like discovered him but later i was like whoa yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so cool. yeah um yeah he he uh lived in um Oh shoot! What's the name of the place? It's got a long name. I forget the name of it. In um, Montreal? It was near, near. Oh yeah, I I can't remember because he grew up in Little Burgundy, which is like a okay kind of central gotcha. neighborhood. I'd okay, say. Hmm. yeah, yeah. No, I I can't re- think of the name off the top of my head. But um, there's but like yeah, a, he was, a beautiful mural in that neighborhood. There's now. A, like a statue oh, too. Cool. Yeah, on the statue. Yeah. I've, I've seen it. I haven't been there in person, but I yeah, I've seen it. That's super it's super really cool. cool. Yeah, no, he was definitely the biggest influence piano wise for me initially. But you know, it's interesting talking about how sometimes people have given Oscar shit over the years for 
for being too dude. And that's the thing. Like that's that jazz elitist thing that mm. that uh, in many ways I did fall into. But like this whole idea of if it's pre-made, it's bad. And I think you know your music and music in this in in similar genres where people are kind of deciding ahead of time how something is going to to be done right. is like should be the greatest example of why that's the dumbest fucking argument argument of all time. It's like because it doesn't mm. matter if it's pre determined. No, it doesn't. It, nope. It's like the thought process musically was still there, whether it's whether it happens to be in real time or not. And this sort of this sort of elitist gatekeeping bullshit of like, well if it didn't happen in real time, then it's you know it sucks. Yeah, yeah. It's I, like I agree. it's so ridiculous, dude. But, I know. mean there's there is some magic to like uh, witnessing something like oh, in a live event of that course. just occurs there for Absolutely. sure. But like yeah. listening to like a a record it doesn't like remove anything from no. The mm-hmm. quality of the song totally. or how it was made, you know, it's right. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and that's what pop music is about too. Is like solid arrangements that are just so well made and polished that mm. you know it hooks you in and yeah, memorable melodies. You know, yeah, yep. absolutely, yeah, totally. Yeah. Where, like, where did you? I think there was a point at which you decided, okay, I'm going to start creating music in this way. Yeah. You know, and then there was a point at which you had a hundred thousand followers on Spotify and 300,000 on Instagram and all this shit that you're doing now. Um, what I, I think we looked the other day, what it's over, you have like over 200,000 monthly listeners on Spotify, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something like that, which yeah. is amazing. That's incredible. And like, so somewhere between you made the decision, okay, I'm going to start doing this type of stuff. Right. And you just started posting it. Like yeah. was Spotify the first place that it went. No, it was it was really social media, like Instagram specifically. Like you, you mentioned uh, the monthly listeners, and I'm, I'm, I'm super thankful that you say that. But even then, like that kind of like the statistic is so relative to it, it. It's hard to kind of like quantify or define because I have a lot of my peers who have like either way less monthly listeners than I or way more. But then they have like they sell way more tickets uh, on tour than me or vice versa. It's mm-hmm. like. What, what it doesn't does it mean? seem to be like a direct correlation. Not necessarily, yeah. but I'm not to say I'm not thinking. I'm super grateful for that, but it's just it's it's hard to kind of like measure what it actually means in terms of people listening or buying or coming to yeah. shows. Like yeah. I, I don't know, but all that to say that um, I started. So there was like a first iteration of anomaly, is how I like to call it. Like in 2012, I think is when I started because wow. we had like a because Metro- Metropole was 2017. 2017, okay. yeah. So yeah. that was mm. kind of like the the start of like what Anomaly is now. Like I sure. I took like a two two year break from that first iteration, like in 2014 and 15. Uh, and that first iteration was started like as a YouTube channel that does not exist anymore. Oh really? Oh, it, no. it was kind of a very shitty presentation and everything it was it was kind of weird but anyways i was doing <laughs> dude i have so many videos that are private that are <laughs> yeah. old just oh like, you switch them to private oh fuck yeah dude no, i'm okay. not leaving that stuff up. same here because i've tried i tried many many different times you know in the last like 10 plus years i was like oh i want to do youtube let me try this well, i relate to yeah, that yeah. very much <laughs> Everybody, you see casey neistat and you're like oh i'm gonna be casey neistat yeah yeah, yeah. like uh, yeah maybe not yeah. right right well, maybe gotcha. i suck at this yeah 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 <laughs> anyways yeah not to interrupt so right. no 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 worries so it was like a weekly format where i was doing like one song every other week and then the other one i was uh taking like a classical piece and making it like into a short like one minute remix nice. it was like even more uh, electronic than than metropole but like just very uh, badly produced and everything was peaking and it was <laughs> oh, like oh no. oh no anyways it was kind of weird and like uh 
I don't know. It was, I was trying to do some green screen, but it was like all, all messed up. It was, it was horrible. But I learned a lot from doing that. For sure. And uh, I did that for like two years, I think. And then uh, I did like a lot of local gigs from with another band back then uh, in Montreal, like restaurants, parks, events, and jazz shit. or other or what like what kind of stuff? The the that uh, first iteration of Anomaly Music, so oh, okay. still yeah, like yeah, yeah. electronic jazz, sure. but less jazz gotcha. than what it is now is yep. how I would I would define it mm. with um, not really tasty, but you know. <laughs> Anyways, um, and then I did a two year break, and then I started. I was like, all right, let me give this another shot. I still kept like the anomaly name. I was like, right, let me just start fresh and try. At that it. point, had you built some following? A little bit, yeah. yeah. I had like an, an initial, maybe like a, I don't know, like a, a few thousand followers, like three thousand, like or 4, on Instagram 000, like, or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay, gotcha. And then I started like just posting these very short clips, like fifteen seconds, because that was the limit. And on Vine at the same time of me jamming over other people's tracks or like little short piano things, and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few of them got noticed by the original artists of those songs, and that kind of mm-hmm. like gave me a bit more traction. And one of them, what this artist called a grammatic, I don't know if you you guys know him. He's no. like, um, mm. he's from Slovenia, and he I think he still lives in New York now. He's like a um, instrumental hip hop producer, so basically what kind of like became labeled as lo-fi eventually, but oh, not when yeah, he started. Yeah, yeah. Okay. and. Um, he eventually like transitioned to more EDM stuff or like hard hitting stuff and kind of like became like an EDM DJ in like the festival circuit. And I jammed over one, one of his tracks called Chillaxin' by the Sea. And he noticed it and we started talking. And then I toured with him as his keyboard player for like a huh. year and a half. Oh my God. Wow. Which was pretty cool. And then I was kind of like introduced to this new kind of like touring world with him. And uh, through that, I was trying to work on my stuff as Anomaly. All right, let me start to release music again. I released like a single in 2016 uh, under his label called Low Temp at the time. And then eventually that led to clips of teasers of what was going to be the Metropole tracks. But those got a lot of traction Mm. on Facebook and Instagram. And then by the time Metropole came out, a lot of those had already kind of like gained some some traction online. And so it took like a few months. But like some of those, that initial traction kind of like got redirected towards those new videos and the songs distributed on streaming platforms. Gotcha. And then I, I think Velo, like that that one live performance video of Velo, the solo one, uh, went like semi-viral mm-hmm. uh, about like almost like almost a year after the EP release. So like wow. eight months or something. And that's where on I get like the- On Instagram. Okay. And then that's where how I get many, like- How many the, views did it get? Uh, like a million, I think, Hell or something. Yeah. So mm. that that was the biggest, yeah. Which, which is why I say I say semi viral because that was like my dude, biggest spike. That's that's that's, great. that's viral. Yeah. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Okay, it is viral. Then. 100%. <laughs> it is. Of I don't because sometimes it's it's hard dude, a to measure. Views on Instagram is hard. You know, unless you're like gigantic, yeah. like a million views right. on Instagram is a lot. But then, like, I, I never like really got like a, a spike like that again. Like, it was really like a, a like a one time thing. But then it did generate like a lot of traction for touring Good. and everything. Mm-hmm. Kind of like build up from there. So. You know, it's been like a lot of ups and downs, but since that point, it's been really like social media has been like the main driver mm-hmm. of pretty much everything else. So totally. Yeah, yeah that's I incredible. I don't know if you have already. I haven't like a, if you produce a lot of stuff on TikTok or not, but like I could totally see you doing like duets with and some crazy duets with things. Totally. Well, I, I've definitely been trying to like explore it. So, so interesting duet stuff on TikTok. Yeah. That's I, cool. I, I love it. I love duets. Yeah. I, I think it's a really cool format. So. I, so I did I reposted that velour clip and then it went semi-viral again on TikTok there you go <laughs> like nice. three I've, dude, years I've, after I've done that you gotta repost so that it's yeah. hilarious and then I had 
By the way, you know, eventually, I don't know how recently that was, you can literally do that again. With like, oh, repost it again? Fuck yeah. Just put put the same clip on Instagram or uh, TikTok, TikTok a second time. That's wow. Fucking repost it on Instagram. That's, that's like it's a, it's a new post. You know what I mean? And it totally, has the same like three chance. Years yeah, after. If it, dude, three years. Nobody remembers what happened three years ago, especially on the internet. Nobody totally. remembers what happened a year ago. Fucking nobody remembers what happened yesterday, dude. Fair like enough. literally post shit. If it worked, do it yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, Do it again yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Like thank you. Same for clip that. and everything. I, I'll definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you don't want to do it every yeah. week, but like no, no, no. no, 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 no. But like every year, three years, like of course, absolutely, whatever. Yeah. And then we we had like another one with like the the band like a uh, one of the live arrangements to just kind of promote the tour and that for some reason kind of took off too. Great. And then like the other ones like then it's like kind of hard to predict because yeah, with yeah, like yeah. the potential for vir- virality, but then the follower base is like not as important. It's kind of like the sense that I'm getting so out the, of TikTok. So the shift or? the shift from yeah yeah. So this this has kind of happened across all platforms. Right. Now. So now with that the algorithm yeah now the algorithm has sort of like developed into this thing that's not. It's way more advanced than, oh, subscribe to a person and see their content. It doesn't work like that anymore. Exactly. So every platform is essentially like follower count is more like a vanity metric. Like it doesn't mm. really make a difference. Right. So, you know, the fact that the channel has like, like I don't know, like 1.2 million subscribers, like, okay, it's cool. But it doesn't mean that, that we're going to get views. And it also right. doesn't mean that the views we get are going to come from that subscriber base. Right. So it's, yeah. it is a whole thing and it's really, yeah. Follower count doesn't matter. I mean, it's, it's helpful. Mm. It's helpful for some things. So for example, um, and is this fucked up to some degree? Yes. But then it's just like, okay, but you either, sometimes you got to play the game, right? So totally. like, so yeah, like yeah. for example, like a blue check on, on Instagram, you, you've, you've got that, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So, it makes a difference. Totally. It makes a difference Just because you now have, decision. well, yes, but also you have the ability to reach out to people who are going to, who are going to see it. Mm. That's a big, that's a big one. Right. Like, I've realized that because I have a blue check mark on Instagram, I can hit up somebody who would otherwise, they get too many messages to pay attention to everything. Totally. And it's, mm. it's a, it's sort of a thing like where it's like, Oh, Hey, at least read this, this person one. is a it, it, they're, they're doing or, something yeah, right yeah, yeah, so it's yeah. like and again that's why i say like is it kind of fucked up like yes on some level of course it is totally. no. but at the same time it's like you have to think how many dms requests do you get and it's just like yeah, yeah you several, can't possibly but then the go through you all of them see. you yeah, yeah. and, and it's sort it, to some degree kind of has to be that way otherwise you'd spend all of your time trying to figure out you know totally. what's yeah. worth your time to pay attention you'd to you have to yeah. hire someone to sift through yeah. your emails and your it's just that not that practical exactly right so you know mm. but um that's why like follower count and things like verification like they are valuable to some degree but it's certainly not in how many views you're going to get yeah. on your content because yeah. that's all over the place exactly it's so hard to predict but uh, it feels kind of scary to me like because i see there's there's definitely like a lot of uh, of positives to it because the fact that anyone can kind of have yeah. Uh, something blow up is, is is amazing but then is it like sustainability is kind of like harder to achieve potentially because how do you build an audience yeah it's, i don't know i'm asking the question it's interesting like so so uh, yes and no i think in terms of sustainability being more difficult to achieve in some ways it's good in some ways it has increased the meritocracy that is right. online content because exactly. no longer is your audience building based on your follower count mm. now it's based on the content that you create actually being good right mm-hmm. so in some ways you know there is some benefit particularly to the user as far mm-hmm. as that is concerned because it means that 
okay, you're going to build an audience based on the content you make, not based on the followers you build. Totally. So that's good. It mm-hmm. may, it might make our job in some ways a little bit more difficult because now it's like everything has, to, and this is what Jimmy, like Mr. Beast, this is what Jimmy says. He's like, everything has to be a banger. Like, yeah, like, like if it's not, don't even fucking do it. Yeah. And like, we're certainly guilty of just because of, you get caught in these weird things. Like you've got to sell tickets. Like we've got to sell courses. It's like all this thing where it's like, okay, if we wait until we have a banger, we're going to have a month that's down 30, 40% on revenue. And then that's not fucking good. Exactly. <laughs> Cause we all, we all start trying to make a living. So it's yeah. like, yeah, you know, you have to play that game to an extent. Yeah. Um, and we're just, you know, we're not working with the same, it's a balance monetary resources balance. as somebody totally. like Mr. Beast is, but you oh know, gosh, yeah. um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the new, the Willy Wonka one? I just saw the thumbnail, but I'm excited I to watch it. it. I watched <laughs> it, but yeah, yeah was it like two days, 45 million views? Well, I think it's on like day six or seven now. Oh, is it's it now? About, it's probably above 60 or 70 million now. I don't know what it's at now, but it's, like, I mean, it's, it's about 10 million so a day. insane. That's like so just insane. another scale. That's, That's like harder it's to... absolutely incredible. But he's doing, and, and this is what bl- blows my mind. And honestly, like there's a lot of great stuff that he says that we've tried to implement. And I think nice. it doesn't matter what genre like you can implement the stuff he says like totally. it's all it's all applicable across like trying to gain attention or an yeah. audience or whatever you're after yeah. like the the things he says in regards to you know um i think one of the biggest things that he has said that stuck with with us and we've really been trying to um to implement is he was like you don't have to he said it's way easier to get five million views on one video than it is to get a hundred thousand on fifty Interesting. And his point is if you if you make something 10% better and you get people to watch 10% longer or click 10% more, the results that the algorithm provides, this is uh, this in particular is specific to YouTube, but right. the results are not proportionate. It's not you get 10% more views. No, you get 5x the views. Uh. So it's like the, the results are exponential. So he's like if you put your effort into making your content 10% better, you're going to get 10x the returns, right. not 10%. Uh-huh. So that's been something interesting where it's like, okay, how can we take this idea and make it just 10% more compelling? And if you can start there, you can make some great shit, you know? And we haven't that. necessarily like figured that out fully, you know, cause we're still, we get some good, we get some, it's been frustrating cause we have this thing where it's like, we have slow starts. When we first post a video, it doesn't really get a bazillion views initially. Like in the first hour? Like in the first day even sometimes. Gotcha. Yeah. But then we'll randomly get a video that just climbs to like half a million over the course of a month. Because the algorithm decides to push it or something? I have no idea. We We can't figure it out. We don't know how it works. But we're, you know, whereas like Adam does really well day one. Right. Like he always gets a lot of views, you know, in the first day or two. Yeah. You know, and And it's- What do you attribute it? That too. Well, I think um, so. S- some ways that he is definitely better than us at the moment is for sure. Like he's for well, one thing he he's always done better. Uh, that is, I think, part of Adam's brand, and he's amazing at it. Is he is so well prepared for every single video? Like mm-hmm. every word is scripted. Sometimes he'll record things multiple times gotcha. if he doesn't like you know exactly how it fits and everything. It is so meticulous, and his mm-hmm. research process is so meticulous. That's and he amazing. goes deep. He goes really deep on topics and learns everything. Like he's incredible at that. You know, and we our style is totally different. So we like we wouldn't do that anyways, but totally, like which is fine. Yeah, but like, you know, it, he's just so good at that. And I think part of what that has resulted in is he has a lot of initial excitement when he posts a new piece mm. of content. 
Because so think, people come to expect that kind yeah, of Yeah, like, and they're like they're or, like, "Oh shit, Adam's posted a new video and he right, posts right, right. less frequently than us too." Mm-hmm. And so the combination of like he he does a phenomenal job at researching and the videos are so well put together and he doesn't post as frequently. I think he has a little more initial excitement from his audience. Gotcha. You know, whereas we post more often and our videos are a little bit more casual and just slightly more conversational um in some ways. Um so I don't know. It's it's an interesting thing, but we're always trying to tweak and figure that whole thing out. Yeah. You know, which I imagine has got to be the same for you, even if it's with like various platforms. Like yeah, you're just absolutely. Constantly posting content, seeing like wh- why did this work or why did this not work? Yeah, trying you know? stuff out and seeing how it does. But that's yeah. what's interesting with like the the TikTok area, where like you see like it's it's affecting like all platforms now. But like I don't like I'll have like a same format of video and across like ten of them. One of them, for some reason, takes off and the other nine don't. Or um, the same idea, like an amazing drummer called uh, Ryan James Carl. I think he's based in uh, Kansas City. But um, amazing drummer. If you, if you don't know him, check him out on, on socials. But I know like he. it's always like super well filmed. Like it's uh, him with like a, a sort of like tracksuit and a little bucket hat and uh, like black background and the drums. It's like really nice, like minimal aesthetic. It's always the same approach visually. And then for some reason, he'll like have 15 they're all bangers like amazing music but one of them is viral and the other ones aren't what's the platform like uh instagram, instagram. And, and tiktok, TikTok. Like, okay. both yeah, of them. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. why it's, it's, aren't they all do, viral right, or like right. I, but it's all like equally good yeah, yeah. same visual approach same aesthetic yeah there are yeah, so many know, moments where no there are so many moments where retroactively we go back and look at something and we go oh but it's so hard to do that ahead of time so for example right. like you know we tried for a minute, we tried an experimental form of content where we were going to get way more in depth and script more and do way more research and make like almost like mini documentaries on like historical music topics. Nice. We did a couple of these actually. We did a video on Brazilian music history and how. Oh yeah, I saw, I saw that one. Okay, that cool. Was so, oh, yeah. Thanks, thank you, thank See, you. Like, we were so pumped about that video because I think that's like by far the most oh, that involved was thing that we made. Thank you, I yeah. appreciate that. Oh, that's great. It bombed on the first day like i'm talking like 10 out of 10 out of the most recent uploads like most like worst performance really yes and 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 to the point where i thought that it was being suppressed by youtube because we were talking about you know dictatorship and all kinds of right 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 right. and like oh shit it was so bad and and then it was like a week later that Mm -hmm. it finally started yeah and now it has like half a million views and like we have no fucking idea what happened except for the fact that the only thing I can think of is that Mm. maybe the topic with our audience or the style of video with our audience where YouTube first serves as like a test, you know, maybe our audience was not that interested in something like Mm. that. And so at first nobody was clicking on it and the algorithm was like, I don't know what to do because this apparently this sucks. Right. And so, but then it got just enough of a seed of Brazilian youtube viewers who are seeing it and we're like yo like you're talking this is so cool you're talking about brazil like this is great and, and the brazilians mm. were pumped that yeah. gave it a push and i think eventually think so. the algorithm was like wait why don't i try <clears throat> this with brazilians mm. yeah and yeah. i think that's when it Probably. finally caught and you could see that like in your stats yeah that, uh, the the graph yeah, yeah mm. we could see like the future and yeah. and i think what happens that's sometimes so cool. yeah no it, it was fascinating because wow. i think sometimes what happens is like you you got to remember that you're not you it's weird 
you're not you're not just asking your audience to watch a video. You are asking the algorithm of whatever platform you're on to serve your video to the right people. Absolutely. And if you don't give the algorithm the right information, like for example, if the video is out of left field for your style, if it's yeah. totally different, yeah. or if it's about a topic that's a little too out of left field, like if you don't give the algorithm the right material, it doesn't know what to do. Totally. Because it's like, okay, I tried the thing I normally try and it's not working. You know, and so one of two things in that case can happen. Either the algorithm can say, I'm going to try this other thing, or the algorithm goes, sorry, this sucks. Nothing I can do to help you, which does happen. Yeah, yeah, so like, yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting game that we have to play where it's like figuring out to what extent do you give the audience, like, are you asking them to watch something versus are you asking the algorithm to serve it to the right people? That's what Jimmy does really well is he makes mm. videos for all of YouTube. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. His whole yeah. format is aimed at the entirety of yeah, the world. Incredibly wide audience. Yes. Yeah, you know, and true. it works. Yeah. And YouTube realize how much fucking money they can make. And so yeah. they're like, we're going to push the shit out <laughs> exactly. of everything you post. But like, how do you view that? Like sort of like second chance and like that second push for the Brazilian <clears throat> video How do, like, I, how do I view it? Yeah, like, like the algorithm says, like this kind of sucks at first, and then you yeah. say, like, oh, suddenly there's there's second life. Right? Yeah, well, I think it's it's just interesting at that point to look at the data and be like, okay, yeah. where where geographically perhaps is right, this right, getting right, the traction, right. or mm. what are the search terms that mm. that are that are that is Leading causing to people this. to find this? Yeah, because mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, the back end of YouTube is really powerful. Like, there's a lot of really really in depth analytics about people who are watching, and so it's very helpful for us as creators to right. like, and I know people like data is like a whole thing like oh, i don't want you to track me i get it right but at the same time it really is helpful for creators because we can educate ourselves as to like okay who is this for how do i better structure this for exactly. the people that want it you know and so that's like a whole thing instagram kind of sucks tiktok has some metrics i don't know how how deep you dive into they're data. not like that great for yeah. sure not as full, uh, complete as um as youtube yeah by far yeah no youtube's definitely the big and i mean yeah google right so like it's you know. it's not not a surprise but yeah yeah so and you were talking about like so you know you're you you are a little bit do you run your own ads or do you have somebody helping you with that uh so i at first i was very involved with them and then uh my manager who well we're we're not working together anymore because he has a, another beautiful life opportunity but he's been an amazing partner in the past i guess like four years with me wow and uh that was mostly his thing but it's been like uh well we were talking in the car about like uh the apple privacy yeah, thing yeah and it did have a huge impact like sure. uh, in our world like through artists and youtubers but just small businesses like how valuable to everyone that data was there's there's obviously like privacy is is a big thing yes i think it's important to talk about it and be transparent about it yes but then like data about just being able to you know identify what an audience is looking for is so helpful to you know it is sell tickets make a living and then every single field yeah it's, yeah it, it, it's it's such a difficult thing to try to explain to people who are not in that world yeah that like because apple's whole thing on the privacy thing it's marketing that's all it is like they're just saying like i agree because they're like oh this is a hot topic right now everybody wants this idea of like privacy and everything and you know don't get me wrong i'm very much for privacy yeah same here but but i think i think a big misunderstanding is like what oftentimes like what that date now there has been plenty of abuses that would cause people to be concerned about these privacy issues but one of the things i always tell people when it comes to like cookies on or something on a website or stuff like that or like i'm like 
people are just trying to sell stuff. That's it. Like they're trying to say, if you walk through the store, it's the same thing. It, it, it's like that's a solid comparison. Yeah, it's like, like what do you mean by privacy? Like what? Right. What is it that you want? Yes. To be like private, like your your private life, your family life. Correct. Yeah. Or yeah. To- totally. it, you know, because because you're you're absolutely correct to point out the small business thing. Like like in many cases, it's simply stopping people from effectively being able to reach potential customers. And the other thing too is like, okay, so you're still going to get ads. It's just, just that the ads are going to have nothing to do with you and, and they're not going to ever be helpful. It'll be more annoying. Yeah. They're like, just going to be worse. Exactly. So it's like, that's, that's the alternative. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah, it, it's, it's an, it, because it's such a double-edged sword because I'm very much for more privacy, more options, more things like that. But I also recognize like, for example, for us with with the academy, it's like we are simply trying to get products that we've built that we feel are really helpful for the right person exactly. in front of that right person. Reach that person. That's, that's it. We yeah. just want to be like, hey, by the way, this thing exists and, and we think it can help you yeah. because of specific things, whether you visited our website or whether you've in, you know indicated an interest in this topic, like we can help you. We have something that is genuinely helpful, exactly. you know, and so like they kind of <laughs> just like rip the rug right out from underneath that, and now it's like, okay, well, I guess we exclusively have to use our social channels to try to reach people, but that which which is which is better anyways. But not every business has the following that you have or the following that I have. Like it's we're in a very unique position. Yeah, that companies like massive companies that start from scratch don't have. That's the thing that always blows my mind, and I'm like, damn, we got to be better about like taking advantage of the opportunity that we do have no, it's, it's a huge advantage it is for sure yeah and it's one that like not a lot of not a lot of people have and so you know but, but then even then ads make like a really big difference like i'm just yes. looking like the, the tour is going really well so far but i'm still comparing the impact that our ads had like back in 2019 sure. compared to this year and it's night and wow. day they were so much more effective in 2019 that's like, crazy oh, wow. that we have like there's like other means that we've been using or like i guess like just street promo still does well um let's say like there's a, something called like the fans first email campaign that you can get and send to spot your top spotify streamers oh, wow. that's like a direct line of communication sure. it's people that are like very likely to be mm. interested so do that's you, do great you have an email list <clears throat> yes yes i do yeah so I, that's that's still great yeah that's functions like uh how long have you been building it um four years yeah Decent number on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that that works really well. Great, but like the ad targeting is, it's it still works, but sure. it's just not as good. You have to mm. spend a lot more money. Yeah, yeah, and it's the the result and is not it's yeah. much more hit or miss. And, totally. Yeah, we you know. we we haven't quite figured that out with the academy yet. Like to the point where we've stopped altogether because we're like, let's just figure out our product, our price point, like get everything right first, yeah. and then once we know we've got a seed of something that could really work now let's try to put so yeah we haven't really been doing didn't doing anything but um eventually we need to we should cover um we should cover we should cover some bad music advice okay yes, this is did. a segment for anybody who oh do you just have the just one? one okay um so um for the for anybody who doesn't know <laughs> bad music advice is a very stupid segment that we came up with where um <laughs> I am. I just simply ask Jake to give me a write up on a particular music topic, so that we can help educate people um, and help spread, you know, spread some some uh, music education even further. Now, the only trick to this is that Jake knows fuck all about music <laughs> theory. He doesn't know anything about music theory. I, I say that in a really mean way. He knows he he knows some, but not enough to define these topics with any accuracy, which yeah. is hilarious. Mm-hmm. So this is bad music advice. What do we got? What's today's lesson? 
Oh, I love it. Okay. Uh, atonal. Atonal? Uh, how, how do you... Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, yeah. Atonal. Okay, gotcha. yeah. yeah, yeah. The term atonal describes a person who cannot feel pleasure from music and has no urge to listen to music. <laughs> oh, my God. More and more people describe themselves as atonal every year. This was not always the case. <laughs> the first... The first case of atonality was discovered in 1828 when Frédéric Chopin was playing at the Blue Note Jazz Club in <laughs> NYC. <laughs> a boy in the crowd named Tim Bob was not crying or having any reaction to Chopin's beautiful playing. Chopin stopped playing in the middle of his uh, debut of Claire de Lune and said, I'm sorry, but there is a boy in the crowd who isn't crying to my musical <laughs> poetry. <laughs> I can't do this. Oh. Everyone in the crowd instantly glared at Tim Bob, who was stone-faced. He was quickly escorted outside and then burned at the stake <laughs> under suspicions of witchcraft. Wow. <laughs> Chopin worked hard to hide this stain on his conscience, but he ultimately died 20 years later at 39 from guilt over the death of Tim Bob. <laughs> that is dark. Wow. Atonality is becoming more accepted and discussed in today's society with atonal parades being thrown every year with no music, of course. There is more work to be done, though. There are serious suspicions that many popular musicians like Migos are atonal, which would explain why a lot of their music sounds so terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but they are being held against their will by evil companies like Bud Light and Beats by Dre so they can continue to plug their products. We can only hope that one day these atonal superstars can leave the industry and pursue their true dreams. Oh my god. That is one hell of a write up, I must say. Oh my I am god. wow. That that might be your best work yet. Wow, okay. That, that might was beautiful. Be, that, that was stunning. beautiful. Yeah. That was stunning. Wow. That was very well done, Jake. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Tim Bob. That's oh. Tim Bob, it's yep. a great name. Wow. Yeah, Holy I hope that shit. you watch some of the other episodes and hear some of the other ones. Oh, my been God. I'm stoked. I, this got me really excited. <laughs> this is really good, dude. Yeah, dude. Wow. Oh. Burned at the stake. Good yeah, that's job. dark. Damn. Yeah. Damn, dude. Yeah, we got go dark there. today. You going, you, going through, you going through time? I know you got two days to live, but it's yeah, okay, man. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to spread that on everyone else. <laughs> Jesus. a lot about mortality. <laughs> wow. Oh, nah, dude. Wow. Um, by the way, are you, do you have to go to the venue or do you have to go back oh, to the hotel? What, what time yeah. is it? It's, uh, it's 10 to 1. Uh, it's at the, at the venue. Oh, okay. Yeah. So wait. So that's not far. That's not far at all. No. And Loden is at? Is it 2? I think that's what you said, but it, I don't know if it's different. Yeah, it's at 2. Okay, cool. Great. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. Awesome. awesome. So um, <laughs> while we're on the uh, the topic of Jake's hugely offensive and horrendous writing <laughs> by that i mean amazing um we should uh, we should do our misconnections for yes, today we so should. okay so let me give yes. you the background on this okay so, yeah this was another really stupid idea that we had that we're like oh this would be fun to do on podcast um so misconnections is a section of craigslist which is oh, you know like marketplace like yeah, yeah, yeah so and what it is is when somebody sees a person that they wish in their minds they would have talked to they will sometimes do a write-up and be like you know you were the person wearing the wearing the blue shirt okay yes and i I wish i would have talked to you but i didn't but wasn't that like a like the the gossip girl like spotted kind of thing too isn't that i don't know is that a similar thing it sounds like it 
so spot like you spot somebody in the world and yeah you're like, and then you write you're like i wish i would have talked to yeah, you yeah, yeah, like yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah okay yeah it's yeah, basically nice. the same thing uh, cool and you but try the and trick, find the people the yeah. trick okay, with okay. craigslist as with many areas of craigslist is it's fucking weird oh, and so you get so some weird. of these things that are like how can a human being write this? like okay, i don't okay, even okay. understand yeah, yeah so sure. the idea we had is let's put two of these misconnections together one is real and one jake wrote and, okay. we, and we have to try to decipher to which one is which oh, one's real, which one's yeah. fake. Yeah, dude. So this is this is our segment. This and so is, I'm guessing that sometimes the more messed up one can actually be the real one. Kind yes, of potentially. maybe it's, it's maybe. happened before. It's wow. happened before. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. Okay. So this is misconnections. Um, I'm written on here. Is that for a reason? You want me to read that one? Is the other one? No, however you want to do it. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah, and that one's for Nico. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Hell yeah. All right. So, um. I'll start. Do it. So I've got two here. The first one, the title is Dumpster Lover. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was running from an alien and I jumped into an alleyway dumpster to hide and you were there napping and I woke you up. <laughs> we shared something out of your flask and we laughed and talked about comets coming our way and grilled cheese. You called yourself Blump. Blump. but i had to go poop so i went to the gas station down the road and when i came back you were gone <laughs> i just wanted to make sure the alien didn't track my scent and find you instead hope you are well meet me at the dumpster behind mcdonald's tomorrow for lunch <laughs> oh my god wow. Holy shit. oh my god if you wrote that i'm disappointed i'm severely <laughs> I, I disappointed in you as a person realistic yeah that sounds pretty real yeah i'll bet like that's real. someone well, who's just slightly but messed it, up oh my god you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay Weird so like that yeah yeah <laughs> hold on okay now i don't know the title of this one says someone shot all the cows oh god <laughs> <laughs> Uh, those were the fateful words little Timmy screamed when he burst through the screen door at the crack of dawn this morning. I put on my cowboy hat and drove over to the field. Sure enough, all 25 of my cows were laying dead, riddled with bullet holes from what looked like a freak drive-by accident. Incident, not accident. Um, I moved out the country to escape these kinds of random horrible crimes. Half the cows were set to be slaughtered tomorrow, but this just seems inhumane. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! We're still going to make steaks and burgers out of them, though. <laughs> America, it's, it, it's what they would have wanted. Anyways, who shot all the cows? Holy oh shit! Oh my god! That sounds like just from the Timmy and Tim Bob connection. I Ooh, think that's the one that Jake wrote. That's a good. Deal. And just, it's like really well written. It's yeah. like weird, but like poetic that's at the true. same time. That's yeah, right. true. the other one just sounds like weird on Craigslist. Okay, right, right. I think right. there's a giveaway. I think there's a giveaway in here. And it's the word riddled. I think the word riddled is telling me that Jake wrote someone shot all the cows. And the reason is mm. we've been going through uh, a bunch of Ricky Gervais, like the funny shit where he like teaches people English and stuff like that. Oh, or I the haven't one, seen those. Well, there's the one oh, with, have so you ever good. seen the one with Liam Neeson where he like wants to do stand up comedy and he's like, Liam Neeson wants to do stand up comedy. No, no, but no. it's a skit. Okay. So he goes to Ricky, yeah, yeah. He okay, goes gotcha. to Ricky Gervais yeah, yeah. and he's like, let's ah. do some improvisational comedy. Wow. Well, and it's hilarious. Cause he's like, he's like, oh, I'm going to go to the doctor and he's like, <clears throat> knock, knock. 
I have AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> and, that's incredible. And he's like, okay, but that's just a little dark for improv comedy, I think. And he's like, I'm riddled with it. Oh, <laughs> so the word riddled, I think it okay, I might, might have given that away. What do you think? Um, Dumpster lever or someone shot all the cows. Yeah, I have to agree that I think <laughs> it would have been some sort of weird news story that we would have heard about if somebody shot 25 cows or whatever it was. That, so, yeah, that would have been a big deal. Yeah, all yeah, 25 cows shot at once. It's very weird. That, that is very that weird. We would have heard about that. So all right. I think that the dumpster one is I real. think we're on to you. Are we right? Yeah, you got me. Ah! Yeah. 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 Oh, man. Congrats. Yes. Okay. Good work, well, boys. All right. We're all, we're all one for one. What do we got here? Okay. To the man shaving on the bus. <laughs> It was one of those really long days at work. I was exhausted and the bus was late again. And then you sat down beside me, took out a mirror and started shaving. Wow. What a way <laughs> to pick up my day. <laughs> I couldn't help but notice the sexy way you tapped out the little hairs on the side of the seat. <laughs> there is nothing more attractive than a man grooming excessively in public. Thank you for making my horrifying 5 p.m. bus ride that much better. Oh, my God. Love. Don't fucking sit next to me on the bus. <laughs> P.S. To the woman with the ass hanging out, wear pants. <laughs> wow. Mm. All right. That feels real. Yeah, yeah. it does. That it feels, feels really real. Very realistic, yeah. like downtown like New York somebody City. Somebody would kinda, do that, yeah. yeah Shave yeah. on the bus. Yep. Yeah. And wow. I, I like that's like it's uh, like very sarcastic the whole way through until the don't fuck it <laughs> yeah, set yeah, next yeah, to me on the yeah, bus. Right, right, that's right. that's very important. Oh beautiful. my god, that's nice. amazing. Okay. Oh, right. uh, I like this. this. Sounds uh, Mountain Dew baptism. <laughs> 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 All right, America. Yeah. <laughs> Questioning my faith. You need advice. Last Sunday in my nephew's baptism, the church had somehow run out of holy water. Not sure how that happens. My cousin handed Pastor Mike a half-empty bottle of Diet Mountain Dew. Pastor Mike took it and poured it on my baby nephew's head to baptize him. No one said a word. Must be this is just another day for Pastor Mike. Need advice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, well, I don't know. The format is like be believable. Yeah. Like, the premise, the giant... um, I don't know. Yeah. Um, this this is one is hard. This is harder because it's uh, so. Wait a minute. So the first one. What was the thing? So read the part about tapping the hairs. Yeah. I couldn't help but notice the sexy way you tapped out the little hairs on the side of the seat. <laughs> um. Okay. There is um. nothing more attractive than a man grooming excessively <laughs> in public, and so we got. There's not like a terms as sophisticated as riddled mm, from the last one there's true. there's horrifying yeah there's ass hanging out <laughs> yeah and then and also, sign don't fucking sit next to me on the butt yeah exactly <laughs> huh. and i i have to say so the other ones has a um, how do you call it, like little dashes yeah it has like a lot of dashes the second one which oh. feels like kind of internet ish it does yeah. craigslist well, marketplace has caught on to our our ways of picking out who he is though so he started to write things he's been weird. he's been disguising himself yeah, he's okay. disguising he's been, himself yeah. we can't really so he could have done that, that on purpose anymore. i don't know okay. can i see can let me see yeah yeah yeah. because i want to see yeah, yeah like it's really it feels like a i don't like a oh you know oh man but this <gasps> i don't know need advice because this, this also sounds this also looks Fabricated. a little bit like your humor in, oh. in some ways yeah um exclamation points wow hmm 
I I really don't know on this one. It's, it's too hard. Do I have okay, to, okay. to pick? We yeah, we have to pick. Okay, so okay. Here, here's I what think. What do you what do you think? No, I I think that the shaving one is real. I think shaving is real. Yeah, I feel like shaving is real because yeah, because mm. Mountain Dew <laughs> baptism. See, I I I want the Mountain Dew baptism yeah, to be right, real. Right. I want I that think one that's to be hilarious. Real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I think that people would have reacted. Right, nobody's not right. going to say anything like with if, Mountain Dew. If you he start... asked for advice and nobody said anything, that yeah. sounds kind of no hard to believe. Word. Yeah, you'd think if somebody saw Mountain Dew being dumped on a baby's head, they'd, they'd be probably, really pissed. They'd be like, "What are you? What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. why are you doing they'd be that? Like this baptism doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> they used yeah. the wrong material. Yeah, you're going to hell. So uh, I'm going to go with the the shaving too, as the, okay. the real shaving one. is. We're saying shaving is Sh- real. Shaving yeah. Mountain real. Dew is Jake. What? What, what are we? <laughs> you guys are two for two. Hey, hey. Oh. Oh. yeah. Awesome. Nice. Yeah, boy. But the, that was the second one was good. Yeah, that was really good. It was very, very <laughs> that good. Was that was fantastic. Yeah, that was hard. Man, but I'm yeah. still, and I'm proud of your writing on the cow one too. That one was, that that was, was very, very well done. Beautiful. Someone shot all the cows. What oh, a great man. sentence! Wow. That, yeah. did, you know, there's an entire subreddit called "Brand New Sentence," and it's like oh, shit. Yes. That, shit Yo. that's never been said <laughs> yeah. before. It's hilarious. It's wow. Oh my god. Oh, also, I have to say, this is the very first time that we've all been right both times. That's true. Usually, it's very split. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the past ones you'll have to see them because they're yeah. really good. No, it's, Hell yeah, dude. it's a lot of fun. We got um, a connection. So, what's going on? You are on tour until yeah. when? You're going to Salt Lake, you're going to Portland, Seattle. Where else? San Francisco, LA, and Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, right. Phoenix. Nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. And, and that goes until when? Uh, so until June 18th until June. So, okay. So I, this, this probably will not be out by that time, but your next tour, you're going to Europe, right? In Europe in yep. September. In September. Uh, yeah. yeah. Where, where are you going Ooh. in Europe? Let me pull up. Pull, Ooh, pull, pull out the, pull out the, yes, yes. Okay. We got a, we got a itinerary here. Like yes. A, we know exactly where we're going. Wait. I'm going to be a groupie. I'm going to follow you <laughs> through Europe. I've never been to Europe. Dude, no. literally, I have had time. I know. Like, I'm so badly traveled. Like, I haven't been anywhere. It is very I haven't much even been to Canada. It. We were talking about that. No. What yeah. the fuck kind of neighbor am I? <laughs> okay, so before you're up, we were playing in California at a festival called Same Same but Different Festival, mm. which would be very nice. And Chromio is on the lineup too. So, so other yes. OGs from, from Montreal. Nice. Then we were playing at a jazz festival in Poland, in mm. Mosna. At a beautiful castle, which would be very, very nice. Wow. We were playing uh, in Prague, in Czech Republic. Then we are doing three Italian dates in Milan, Rome, and Bologna. Then we are doing London, Berlin, Paris, Copenhagen, and Stockholm. Damn. So yes. that's in September. That's in September. Okay. So yes. people, and where can people go to find out all about that? Uh, AnomalyBeats.com. AnomalyBeats.com. AnomalyBeats. Anomaly right. uh, with not two O's. Not two O's. Not with an I-E. Yeah. Not a Y. <laughs> All right, yep. all all, uh, all of us Americans, Americans. <laughs> get it right, spell it correctly. Anomaly, yeah, yeah, anomaly, yeah. That's, that's great. Um, well, dude, thank you so much. Thank for, you so much for having, with us. having this me. Is, this was amazing, dude. This is so, so much, much fun. And Good. next time you're in town, we'll do it again for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love that. Yeah, it's a blast, and it's like dude, it's so great to meet you. Like, you I'm, too. I've been listening to your yeah, stuff absolutely. for so long, and like it's it's just cool to finally be able to like chat about it and talk about your stuff. So, oh no, thank you, thank you, thank you. So, thanks for coming. Thanks everybody for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Hell yeah. That was so much fun, dude. That was amazing.